Fuck this chicken. Welcome to a podcast. I am your host, Zay Sadler. Super hyped to have another homie on the show today. Uh, we talking about normal bullshit as well as uh, getting into her uh, creative endeavors. Uh, I like to let people introduce themselves, though, because when I go places, niggas like to say my whole ass government name and all types of other shit. And I'm like, I wouldn't even have did all that. So I'm going to let her introduce herself in name, ma'am. I am Breezy. I'm a TV producer slash independent filmmaker. And I'm in this bitch. You are in this bitch. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. How you feeling today? How's your day going? Man, my day is going pretty good. Or day's going pretty good. All right. How's your day going? My day went well, man. Work was chill. It was normal. Came home. Um, Was hyped to do the pod. And uh, yeah. That's pretty much all I did today. It was pretty normal, regular, regular shit. Okay. Um, how was your day? You're just out here. I'm just out here, man. Just out here, just living life. Word. You know? One day at a time. And you're far, right? You're like in fucking Kyle or... Uh, not, you're not in Austin proper. Don't remind me. Yes, I am technically staying in Kyle with a family member. Yeah. It's not convenient at all. Why is Texas so, like, Spring big? <laughs> It's big as fuck, and everything is not next to each other. Yeah, that's uh, something I usually have to explain to people whenever they come here from somebody else. I mean, you kind of already knew that because you used to live here. But yes. Yeah, it's a. Uh, anytime you drive somewhere, I mean, that's like the biggest battle. Driving to California, it's a twenty-one hour, twenty-three hour drive, and mm-hmm. like twelve to like fifteen of it is getting out of Texas. Right. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Trying to make people understand, it's just a really, really big place. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's kind of crazy, but it is what it is. Glad to have you. Glad uh, you, Thank you for having braved me. your day for sure. <laughs> um, so uh, usually start the podcast off uh, with uh, the last thing you listened to, last thing you watched, and last thing you read. Um, so okay. what was the last thing you listened to, Miss Breezy? The last thing I listened to uh, was that new the baby song, Bop. I really cannot stop listening to it. Like literally, it's on repeat right now. In my car, um, it's just—it's just fucking catchy. Like, we're allowed to cuss on this, right? You're motherfucking a <laughs> hundred thousand fucking percent allowed to cuss. Oh, cover. fuck yes. Okay, yeah, it's just really fucking catchy, and um, I can't stop listening to it. Um, last thing, it. you haven't heard it. Mm-hmm. Do you like the baby? I do enjoy it. Thoroughly enjoy the baby. It's actually a really good music video. That's why I, I listen to it. Um, so much. So every time I hear it, I see the music video playing. Hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. Is that something that normally catches you that way, being that you yes. direct the music videos? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's always something visually playing in my mind when I hear something. Gotcha. Definitely. Yeah. I fuck with the baby. I feel like uh, he's like a Travis Scott in the uh, in the way that like he has a very specific pocket. Mm-hmm. Or very specific lane, and I don't get tired of hearing it. Right, right. It's like a lot of people's complaint about him or Travis is that he keeps putting out the same songs. Like, but that shit slap. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't really have an issue with yeah. him putting out the sit in the same vibe if it goes hard. Like I was did a review on his album when it came out, um, and yeah, I was, that's pretty much was my review of it. It's, it's <clears throat> all very much in the same lane, same vibe, but um, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Very much like a Travis Scott album where I'm like, it's okay. Um, so that's what's up. He's just that like hood nigga that you respect. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because he knocked that dude out or what it is, but he just has like a certain 
certain something about him. I will say you that just like him. It don't seem. <laughs> I will say it don't seem feigned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. It seems a thousand percent genuine. So yeah. As a um, what was the other question? What was the last thing that I saw? Last thing you wa- listened to, last thing you watched, and last thing you read. So what's the last thing okay. you watched? Okay, so the last thing that I watched. Ooh. Oh, the last thing that I watched was uh, the interview with um, Wendy Williams and Robin Crawford about. Why does Robin book. Crawford sound so familiar? Robin Crawford was the lady that used to hang out with Whitney Houston. Yes, that's why it sounds so familiar because. Yes. One, not the last thing, but one of the last things I read was her and Lena's interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did have she had a she had an interview with Lena, but uh, she went on Wendy Williams, and um, you know she gave her a little promo of the book. It's called A Song for You, which I cannot fucking wait to read. I don't know why. It's like I, I want that juicy. I want that juicy. Oh, those type like, of books are always dope. Yeah, I know. Tell all books are always it dope. It is. It's like, and I want to know about like Whitney's like lesbian like you know little yeah. escapade. Tell all books are dope because they're oh. like this like window and it's in the name. It's a tell all. Mm. So there's a window into something you've either wanted to know about or would want to know about, yes. and you have no clue about. So you know you're finna get all this like you said juicy details. All the tea. And yeah. then yeah, I mean. But we knew she was gay. But I actually didn't. What? I didn't know that. Oh my god, I knew she. I was wasn't gay. shocked though, because yeah. when you seem like. A vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't like, I wasn't shocked. I like, like, as I'm reading this or seeing the, the promo and everything for uh, Lena and them doing this conversation, mm-hmm. at no point was I reading it like, <gasps> it was just like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, huh? Well, you know, Bobby came out like three years ago and was like, oh yeah, she was definitely bisexual. So I heard that, but I didn't know if that was him being like, you know, Bobby yeah. wild. He be wild. Yeah, so he, I true. didn't know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I thought he might have just been out there. Okay. So yeah, that's the last thing I watched. And when in reading that, it did seem like everybody else was very aware of something that I was not. Right. So I was like, right. oh, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. doesn't sound shocking. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, that was the last thing. How how was her demeanor? Because I only read the read stuff, yeah. so I was wondering like. So she was very like put together and like just like really. She's just... like a high school basketball coach. Yes, yeah, she definitely <laughs> gives me that. Like definitely like really like put together. She has a wife and. I knew I think two kids, like, uh, yeah, when just I, living her little low-key lesbian life somewhere. I saw the picture of her, mm-hmm. and she had her, like, little blue suit on and everything, and I was like, bro, she 1,000% looks like somebody we'd go play <laughs> basketball against, and we see that coach, and be like, man, you know that coach got bitches. <laughs> like, look at that coach, my nigga, Yo, look at her suit. She's not bad-looking. I was As like, older black yeah, woman, you, she's not bad-looking. you know looking. she's married, like you said, and has kids, and like, right. her life probably hella bad. No, but you know, when looking at those old school pictures of like her and Whitney, like she was super cute. She was a little, like maybe studs, I don't know. She was really cute. I, think, I also, but looking at older pictures and stuff, I think that, like the definition or just like the idea of how like more masculine gay women carry themselves mm. doesn't translate into what it is now. Right. So I'm like, so, like you, so I looked at Very her and true. I was like, oh no, she was just mm-hmm. swaggy for 1982. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's just what true. they wore. Like they didn't wear that's baggy true. shit. That's true. That's very true. Nah, she's I was like, she's low key dressed like Fresh Prince. It- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, she's got on like these little shorts and this like highlighter oh, colored tank man. top and this bucket hat. And I was like, oh yeah, she's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, that okay, that tracks. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I watched last. Okay. You know, that was pretty interesting. Um, and the last thing you read. Mm, last thing I read was a book called How to Love by. All right, so I'm gonna say this name wrong. Don't. Don't yeah. judge me, yeah. okay? Yeah. It's his name is Tich Nan Tich Nan. You know, Tich Nan. You, yes, you know how to say that shit. I do. I'm not. I don't read a whole lot of his work, but a lot of my friends, um, specifically my best friend Brent, is real familiar with his work. So. Mm, mm. 
Yeah, that's I the really, only reason I know. If I probably was looking at it somewhere, I probably would also mispronounce it. I just heard him say it. Yeah, yeah. No, he's fucking amazing. And um, there was this paragraph about like hugging meditations. You know how there's like regular meditation. Oh man, they just gave Yo. me like four more questions. I forgot you into like <laughs> sage and crystals and shit. <laughs> Oh, Yo. crazy. I Yo, forgot Yo, you. It's Yo. all that holistic no, healing and hell yeah. acupuncture hell yeah. You shit. know I'm all about that shit. So, acupuncture. <laughs> yeah, no, but he, he had a, a read about hugging meditation. And it was like, you know, you can meditate by yourself, of course. But also, like, hugging can be a form of meditation. Like, if you really embrace somebody, like, with a certain intention and like you're holding yeah. them and you guys, you know, have that moment. Like it's, it's a meditation form. That tracks. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I've definitely like, hugged somebody before and like, felt like a transfer mm-hmm. of energy. Mm-hmm. Like damn, that was a good mm-hmm. hug, my nigga. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you. Absolutely. I needed that. Absolutely. And likewise, yeah. hug somebody and be like, my nigga, you good. Right, <laughs> like, right. You seem like you having a rough you one. You ever like hug somebody and it's like a real quick hug? Like, it's like, oh, hey, hey, hey. But right. we don't ever really like really take the time. Like, no, let me yeah. embrace you right now, you know? So there, that's funny. There's uh, somebody I was dating at one point used to say that they liked hugging me after they hadn't seen me for a long time because mm-hmm. I, the hug was longer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, I never even paid attention right? to that. So that makes sense. Right? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man. That's that's a lot, that's the last thing I read and, and watched and... And listen to swag. Okay, uh, so I'll go. Uh, so the last thing I listened to, which uh, we'll probably be talking about on here more than once, um, last thing I listened to was the Quinn Slim soundtrack. That shit is mm. fire. Uh, super excited for that fucking movie to come out. Oof. And uh, the soundtrack kind of like puts me in like this weird nostalgic place of like movies like Love Jones mm. and like Jason's lyric and like um, Brown Sugar and like movies that came out when I was younger. They're like these like cult black movies that other people may have never seen, but like all my friends had seen for sure. And the soundtrack was something niggas was waiting for, like trying to go get or like just as worried about as the movie itself. Mm -hmm. So like listening to it, I was like, oh man, this like reminds me of a throwback to when soundtracks put you on to new artists. Like Mm -hmm. looking at this playlist, there's artists I recognize for sure. Like there's, I love Vince Staples. There's a track on there. Uh, with Vince Staples and Black, and who else is on there? This is somebody's name who I think I always say wrong. I think it's Mariba, but she's I know she's on a lot of tracks mm-hmm. with Black and like yeah, Jaddy. Yeah. She's an artist from Atlanta, yeah. and um, so there's there's like obvious people who are big names like the Sids on there from the Internet. Lil Baby's got a song on there. Lauren Hill's got a song on there. Like bigger names, but then there's tracks on here. Um, Vicky Lowe is featured on the song with Megan Thee Stallion. That shit slaps. I don't know who that is. So I got put on to her. Um, my favorite track on there is a song called Collide. Uh, and it's got Earth Gang, who I'm a yo. huge fan of Earth Gang. But then it's got Tiana, and I think this is Major Nine. Never heard her before. Favorite song on the entire track. That shit is... Yeah, yeah we were talking about that when you walked in. That's, yeah, yeah. I was playing that shit. That's, that's my shit. I fucking love that soundtrack. And that song Collide is probably my most played fire. song this week yeah yeah it so yeah that's definitely the last thing i listened to super hype okay. it just makes me more anticipatory for the actual film to come out hell oh my god i'm just like looking at the don't cover get, like don't get me fucking started on lean away oh um, yeah uh, i said we can we we can both fangirl over her uh, as a fact i told okay. niggas after she she like replied to a couple of my tweets i nigga, mm-hmm. i talked about that shit for like two weeks <laughs> 
Yo, but you know what? The one thing that I, I I will say about Lena, she's so fucking genuine. She's so genuine, and she's not Hollywood at all. Like she'll respond to you. She'll like like I've asked her for advice a few times, and you know she'll like take time out of her day to like respond and like your shit back or whatever. Like she's really fuck. I fuck with her. Yeah, that genuine sense of like uh, encouragement or interaction with somebody that you look up to is always dope. Yeah. It's like what I think when social media is done right, what it's used for. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah, thousand percent. Super hyped for that movie. Ugh, Go check out that soundtrack wait. if you haven't. That shit's fucking amazing from top to bottom. Like, no skips, which is rare. Um, last thing I watched, mm. huge fan of the show Abstract uh, on Netflix. Okay. And I'm also a huge fan of shows that I can just pick and choose what I want to watch. Yeah. Like, there's not necessarily a... Like storyline right, or right, anything, right, right. it's just like I can just kind of bounce around. Kind of like Black Mirror. Yeah, kind of like Black Mirror, but the, but the, yeah, if you we haven't had that conversation and we can later, but I it's overrated to me. I'm not a big fan of Black Mirror. What? Yeah, okay. shit. Right, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a huge Black Mirror fan. There's like <laughs> certain episodes I've been shown, and I, les- I know lesbians are really partial to Black Mirror because like mm-hmm. a specific episode. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, eh. like I've mm-hmm. seen maybe three. That's one of them where I was like, oh, this is dope, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of overrated. All right, all right, we'll talk about. But it. yeah, it's a whole okay, other conversation. Ahead. So, um, but yeah, with the uh, abstract, um, the episodes are like dedicated to uh, different artists and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the last episode I watched was dedicated to Ruth Carter, who is the costume designer from Black Panther, mm-hmm. Selma, Do the Right Thing, like all types of shit. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't watched Abstract, you're bugging because that shit's dope as fuck. But um, her specific episode was really, really interesting to me. Um, it's always interesting to me to watch uh, different artists and like how they come to f- bring ideas to fruition. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, other mediums are always really interesting to me, especially mediums that I know that's dope. But as multi-hyphenated as I am, I would absolutely have no desire to do that at all. Mm. Like I have no de- like I've never had a desire to make clothing. I love clothing, and I like revere people who make it and mm-hmm. like textiles and fabrics like yeah, yeah shopping with me is weird you'll see me do shit other people don't do mm-hmm. like i'm like feeling it and all inside of it yeah. and like <laughs> whole other shit the niggas don't be paying attention when they're just like this shirt is fire i'm gonna yeah, buy this yeah. shirt and i'm like yeah. that felt itchy on the inside though yeah, like yeah. kind of what kind of cotton is this what they wash this with so like i don't know I, i'm into clothing and fashion and stuff but never been the type of person like i'm gonna go give me like a pattern and sit down mm-hmm. and make me a dress or mm-hmm. make something for somebody else or whatever so um, it's always interesting to me to watch other people maneuver. So that was a really cool episode, kind of just hearing her process of how she, um, you know, s- studies and researches different eras and and different influences and you know all the different all the different places over the continent of Africa that she pulled influences from mm-hmm. for like um, the warriors' outfits for the women and how there's like little nods to like Ghana because of the red and yeah, yeah. like there's like certain ways that she put uh, detail on the actual uniforms that are supposed to symbolize like scarring and all types of really cool shit like that so that was a really dope thing that I watched was uh, the Ruth Carter episode of Abstract very dope she's interesting she reminds me of like anybody just black Annie yeah yeah. just like how black women can have this like very like demure but powerful like I'm really quiet but like you wouldn't speak over me type shit yeah yeah very cool like I want to her voice like black women have that voice like I want to like old black women like I can just like listen to you read the back of a cereal yeah, box yeah, type yeah, shit yeah. or I want you like tell me a story that was a really black word that you just used what? Amy yeah Amy, Amy. <laughs> yeah Amy cause you know there's auntie and then there's uh, I know people who say aunt. auntie 
Do you call um, your aunt aunt? Do you call any of your aunts aunt? I think I, I don't aunt. know. I used to go back and forth when I was younger, auntie. but I definitely say auntie now. Okay. And oh, there's there's auntie, and then there's Amy. It de- I think it, I think it probably auntie. depends on who I'm in the context with. Right, right, right. Like right. if I'm speaking to somebody who probably wouldn't understand auntie, or be like, what? <laughs> like then I might be like, yeah, my aunt. <laughs> but if I'm just like in general conversation, like anybody yeah. who's ever you text me, so anybody who's ever texted me before, right, you know, right. I text, how I talk. Right, right. So like people who know me, they only understand what I'm saying because they talk to me. Because <laughs> like I don't say yeah. something, I say something. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like I don't know, I do weird shit. Like if something, I don't know, shit just I, I don't know, I'm weird. Or like, I, I completely understood when 21 Savage was like, Issa. Because I was like, I've been spelling Issa like that. That's because yeah, yeah. that's how I say it. Yeah, yeah. Or like, I say probably, so I spell out P-R-O-L-L-Y, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, that's a very Texas <laughs> thing to just like run shit together. Like, y'all, you know what I'm saying? It's just, we just run words together. Hell yeah. That's so, right. yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out. Abstract. Got it. And then uh, last yeah. thing I read was an article. So, I've read a couple like small things. Um, last thing I read was an article in California Sunday, mm-hmm. um, which was an article um, about Melina Matsukas, who is the director of the of, um, of Queen and Slim, which like I said will come up multiple times probably throughout this podcast because <laughs> she comes out next week, and I have been waiting for this movie for about a year and a half, Oof. so uh, we'll probably be talking about that a lot. But it was a really cool article about her um, talking about her upbringing and being from the Bronx. Um, mm-hmm. I knew she had directed a lot of music videos, but I didn't realize this was her first movie. Oh, okay. I didn't realize she had never done a movie before. Never. Mm-hmm. She's directed episodes, and she's one of the DPs, but not, you know, they got a bunch on Insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's done some TV here and there, but she got accepted into like a really prestigious film school based solely off of music videos. Oh, wow. Like uh, where she's from in the Bronx, like, she had a lot of friends that were, you know, she came up the time hip hop was just getting super popular, mm-hmm. you know, 90s baby and late 80s. And so she just had a lot of friends that were doing music and stuff. So she got into school by submitting a music video that she shot for one of her friends. Oh. And then so she goes to film school. She's done with film school. She's already getting like rave reviews and stuff. She's you know getting job offers and shit. And her mom's like, um, I can't remember if she said it was her mother or her grandmother. The um, photos that were taken in the article were in her grandmother's apartment. Her grandma still lives in the same um, housing projects in mm-hmm. the Bronx like that she grew up in mm-hmm. and um, she was saying that her grandma or mom I can't remember who it was but they were she was they were telling her you need to go back to school and get your PhD and like you, said, you, you work in TV and film like most people don't get their PhD in film is you go to film school and if you've already got offers coming right. out of film school you just go to work right right and her grandmother on whoever it was that gave her this advice was like you're gonna be a black woman of color period, but black woman specifically because she, she's mixed, she's multiracial, mm-hmm. but she's like, you're going to be a black woman and you're like, the way shit's looking, you're going to be in rooms where people are going to want to question you and test you just because you're kind of, you know, you're shooting to the top relatively quick. People respect you already. They're going to want to test you. You need to know your shit inside and out. Yeah. And so she actually wound up going back and getting her master's in film. Oh, okay. And so coming out of that, the school, they um, present this award. I guess every year to the graduating class and she was the first black woman to win it. Wow. And so I was reading that story and that was really dope and she was just crediting all of, she said specifically every opportunity I've ever been given in this industry has been from a black woman. Mm. She's like, whether it's Issa Rae with Insecure or Beyonce with the music video uh, for um, Formation or specifically her first real kick in the door was doing a We Found Love in a Hopeless Place with uh, Rihanna mm. and like, 
if anybody remembers that music video, like yeah, yeah. how you were talking about how the ba- music, uh, the baby's music video is what made you watch it. Yeah, that yeah. music video made me. I mean, I already fucked with Rihanna, but that music right, video right. made me fucking. That's to this day one of my favorite music videos and one of my favorite songs. Yeah, just because if anybody knows me, they know how big a Rihanna fan I am, but they also know how big a Chris Brown fan I am. So like I went through this like tidal wave of, emo- of emotions when that shit happened because I was like my nigga no 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 we don't be a statistic I was so like upset didn't listen to Chris Brown for a real long time and then like watching uh, Rihanna put out the video and then like kind of getting the explanation of it mm-hmm. and the fact that like she shouted out Melina when they won a Grammy for the best video mm-hmm. um, and then they won something else for it as well because I kept saying Grammy award winning director and I was like right, Grammy right. director them to don't usually yeah, link yeah, yeah. I was like what so I was like oh she won a Grammy for that music video okay um and yeah just the idea of saying like Rihanna kind of speak for herself everybody's mm-hmm. making all these speculations about what happened how they mm-hmm. got into it their relationship and like put out this video and she was just like that nigga bugged out but it was pretty much both of us right, right. like we, yeah, we was yeah. wilding like yeah. we were both too young very rich a lot of drugs yeah. too much going on yeah so i was like knowing that i didn't know that she did that video knowing that she did that video i was like mm-hmm. oh, i love formation but nigga that's one of my favorite visuals of any wow. type i've ever seen in my whole life mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy so that was the last thing very i read man she's crazy so now to get into uh, some 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 topics. Uh, other than that, uh, gonna introduce a new segment, and it's called "Nigga We Made It." <clears throat> Nigga We Made It. Nigga We Made It. Goddamn it! Um, this segment today is dedicated to the homie. Uh, tagging her in this podcast. Uh, when I was in New York for a little bit of time, I was out there. Um, I met a lot of really cool people while I was out there, and one of the coolest people I met while I was out there, her name was Simone Sullivan. She's a very cool, very funny. Um, quirky black chick from uh, Miami and and reps 305 super hard and um, she just came into the store one day when I was working I was working in a sprint and just cool vibe it took a long time to get everything she needed to get handled if anybody's ever been to a store and gotten a new phone you know if that shit don't go smoothly you can be there for hours so in that hour or two we were kicking it and talking exchange Instagram stay cool even after I moved back to Texas and uh, she's a designer and she designs mm-hmm. very fly clothes her name is spelled exactly how it sign- sounds uh, Simone S-I-M-O-N-E dot Sullivan S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N and she made me these super dope um, like quilted black kind of like track pant joints um, I think oh, the pictures are still dope. on my Instagram she um, at the time was just kind of what I saw creating pieces she was working I think it's some type of boutique or something in you know in her lane mm-hmm. uh, kind of putting in her dues and then I saw her put out a show she just put out another show during Fashion Week this past uh, Fashion Week in New York, and just always love to see specifically, especially Black women, but just creatives, like putting action to power. Yeah. And uh, just recently saw on her Instagram that she just got hired at Nike, so oh. my nigga is about to be working on the new um, line uh, with Serena Williams, oh. and she's about to move to Portland next week. All this oh. shit just happened like a couple days ago. Uh, she lost her grandpa a little bit. Um, after I met her and I know that was like a huge effect on her and she's just been going super hard ever since like I saw that put a battery in her back and uh, just super hype and inspiring always yeah. to see people just turn their their shit into the uh, you know actual fruition like I said yeah. so shout out to Simone Sullivan follow her on Instagram blow her shit up tell her she's dope go look at her really cool pieces she makes really 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 fire amazing clothing and this is all the shit she's made 
Wow. That's so Yeah, so go check her out, Simone.Sullivan on Instagram, and uh, tell her that we are proud of her because it's always cool to see. So that is the first installment in the new segment called Nigga, We Made It. <laughs> Swag. Uh, yeah, so now to get into some <laughs> bullshit and talk shit. I'm going to relight this joint. And hey. Relight this joint. Take a couple of sips of my drink. And uh, we want to start with <laughs> Summer Walker. Hmm. <laughs> Are you a Summer Walker fan? I fuck with her. I fuck with her. <laughs> You've been um, I do. I do abreast to uh, any of her goings-ons lately? I have. Okay. Um, so you're a bit you know, She's going through some social anxiety right now. All right. We can start there, or we can do Monique suing Netflix. I don't know much about that. I mean, I heard about it, but I don't know about it. Maybe you can tell me about it. Or T.I. and uh, his, his, his situation. I like that. We'll start with T.I. All right. All right. We can start with T.I. We we'll start with Tip. That's my guy. All right. T.I. So, so first you, of all. <laughs> your underwear. <laughs> T.I. made some very uh, interesting statements in the news about going to the gynecologist with his 18-year-old daughter and um, requesting oh, uh, results. Oh, tip. Oh, oh. Requesting results yeah. of uh, her, uh, the intactness of her hymen uh, as it is in relation to her possibly still or not being a virgin. Um so yeah, your your thoughts on on uh, Mr. Harris and okay. his, his first statements. of all, I just like to say I love Ti so, so much. Um, I'm He's a, a very fan. antiquated man, though. I've, a lot of the things he says remind me of like somebody old Southern uncle, and I'm just like, nigga, you you know that ain't right, but you just uh, right, nigga, right, nigga. All Come right. on, nigga, why do you say that <laughs> out loud? Oh yeah. Uh, okay, so I love him. I love him. I'm such a fan. Um, but yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. Um, there's some shit you can just kind of let slide, and then there's some shit you're like, wait a minute. Why okay. did you say this out loud? All right, now in like, front of people recorded. Right. <laughs> what you doing? He the type of nigga. Like, I feel like after that shit blew up on social media, he was probably like, I said what I said. Right, facts. I said what I said. <laughs> like somebody, like I said, like somebody uncle. Nigga, I said like, what I said. He didn't give no fuck. Yes, you, you know? saying some old ass shit. Like, T.I., the old uncle that say some shit like, now that boy couldn't yeah. be playing with them dolls. And right. he'd be like, let that little boy play with them dolls, right. nigga, shut up. No. Right. I said what I said. I said shit. what I said. Like, nigga, no, but it's wrong. Yeah. You it's can't wrong. say that. Yeah. We must learn. Um, oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's so hard because I love him so much, but it, it was just. Okay, number one, let me say this too. In his defense. <laughs> I'm not on his side with this in any means at all. But in his defense, I know that, like, with social media and, like, Hollywood, like, a person in the industry can say something very boldly. And then after it gets out and people are, like, start picking that shit apart... Maybe the artist would be like, well, actually, I kind of meant it like this. Or right, maybe right, I didn't right, really right, mean right. it like that. But it kind of like my tone came off like right. this. You know, like, it, was it like, did he say this in an interview or was it like over this the radio was, or some shit? It was over. It was on a podcast. Oh, it was on Miguel's girlfriend. Miguel's <laughs> incredibly fine ass girlfriend. It was on her That's podcast. That's his wife. You show right. That is his. That is. Damn. That's our wife. They share a marital we, bed. We are in a, a yeah. throuple together. I mean, All three of us. Throuple. Yeah. It's definitely real. That's crazy. Miguel's kind of cute, though. He's soft. Kind of. He got what? soft features. I'm... Oof. Don't get me started on Miguel. No, okay? I'm gay. Cause... Shit, I'm good. <sighs> but he is. He, he looks cute. 
Oh my god, he's okay. So anywho, okay, back to Ti. So no, yeah. In his defense, you know, I can I can see, you know, he's supposed to be talking about this on Red Table Talks. By the way, did you know that? With okay. Jada, 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 anium up. Uh-huh. She'll anium down and get him right. to break down the reasoning behind right, why right. he says things. Right, right. And I'm sure he's like, gonna where be the very... trauma comes from and why he says exactly. things like that. He's, I'm sure he's gonna like, speak very eloquently. Oh yeah. And you know, my nigga gonna give up all the SAT words, <laughs> all the three syllable joints. My nigga gonna say expeditiously, audacity. Yo. Nigga, serendipitous, all Yo, that shit. Yo, and we're gonna love him all over again. My nigga, I love it. Like that's exactly what I guarantee you. When Red, Red Table Talk comes out, like nobody's gonna. It. People love T.I. so much. I'm like, he says this ignorant ass shit and he's going to be fine. Right. Like, Because I don't think he has any ill-meaning or right. harmful intentions. It's really patriarchal and mm-hmm. all the other buzzwords you mm-hmm. want to throw at niggas being niggas and it not being okay. And I agree. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I, like, his daughter's 18. If he is doing it, he is can't do it for 18? much. She is now. So if he is doing it, he can't do it for much longer. Okay. And right. I do understand a lot of people were like, I don't want to use the word triggered because I hate that fucking word, but mm. like somewhat like bothered by it because it also has like weird notes and connotations in relation to like things that people do in other countries yeah, to yeah. girls' hymens. Yeah. And like the shaming that comes with what they do to their hymens when they're not virgins mm-hmm. anymore. And mm-hmm. So I, I get that, but I don't think T.I. was going there with it, even though it is like, it is tied because it's, they're, right. they're both done for the same reasons mm-hmm. with the same male thinking behind them right um but i don't know i think T.I. is like okay T.I. so you you take your your daughter to the doctor and like if the doctor says what what you gonna do yeah like what now is she on are you gonna cut her off are you gonna pay for nothing no more like yeah like what are what are you trying to ensure like what is it's kind of weird it's It's, a very old southern uh, controlling and and when I say black thinking, I usually that means also tied into the church thinking and just the mm-hmm. idea of like this sanctity or sainthood that comes with being a virgin, which is just, you know, in relation to the Virgin Mary. And so it all comes back to like Christianity and like that that's raising and line of thought that is behind, you know, a whole lot of um, the dumbass shit that older black people say right. um, because everything that they kind of were taught is rooted in the church. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Tip was bugging for sure. Definitely bugging. Definitely bugging for but sure. But I still love him, and I'm gonna watch Red Table Talks because I'm gonna um, watch Red Table Talks because I want to hear him drop big ass words around Jada. Absolutely, that shit's gonna be fire. And it's just I support everything that the Smiths do because at 31 I want them to adopt me. <laughs> um, so you know, there's a fact. Um, and so speaking of church, mm. segue into a. Down the road, Mr. Kanye West came through, popped mm. up at Joel Olstein Church. I follow a couple people who, um, I know a couple people who live mm. in Houston and attend. Like, that's the church they go to on the regular. They just, mm-hmm. they go to Lakewood on Sundays. Um, and so, watch them go to church on Sunday and watch the wildly incredible line they had to stand in to go to the church that they go to every Sunday anyway. Wow. Um, fuck Joel Olstein mm-hmm. either way, but... That's the church they go to all the time. Right. And they had to stand in crazy lines. I'm watching some of their their posts and Snapchats and shit, and I'm like, damn. Like, that shit. My nigga was in line for at least an hour and a half, two hours before he, like, got to go into, like, what was just supposed to be, like, his normal Sunday service, which is crazy because it's not on Sunday. That shit was on, like, Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's just called Sunday service. It wasn't actually... Yeah, wow. more smoke and mirrors and trickery of Kanye West. Oh. It's actually it's not always like the last two have been on weekends, like Saturdays and Fridays. Wow, it's just a concert. Yeah, it's just a concert. It's so just a concert. He, he, I mean, but uh. it's weird because at the same time, 
So I heard, oh, I can't remember whose podcast I was listening to. I can't remember if it was Amanda Seals or the Joe Budden podcast, where they were essentially saying that, I mean, if he is doing that, I mean, it's not a if we know what he's doing. Those of us that, you know, we, we, we ain't fooled by niggas faking the funk, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I, I wasn't born yesterday. So I, I, see, I see it for what it is, and he's a smart dude, and it's just another way to make money. Right. But at the end of the day, he's doing this in this Lakewood church that's big enough to house what he's trying to do for somebody else who's doing the exact same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the only reason this space exists for him to be able to do it is because Joe Osteen is doing the exact same thing. He just was never a musician before he decided to do it. He's just always been a pastor, but a pastor of a mega church that was obviously about creating revenue. Right. Um, you know, obviously more so than saving souls, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's like, it, it brought a weird, like, level playing field idea of thinking to me is like, I don't rock with it. But I also don't rock with Joel Osteen. So it's not like Kanye West doing something new where I'm like, I don't, I mean, anybody that knows me knows I'm not, I ain't fucked with Kanye West in a long time. The last album I listened to was 808s and Heartbreak. I listened to Ye one time through and was like the same for me. I listened to this new album really wholly because I, had a, I have a podcast now and I wanted to honestly and after researching report it. And the album, the beats are dope. Another album that's not really for me because I'm like, nigga, all these beats you should have given to somebody else because you you can't sing. So I don't want to hear you <laughs> sing gospel. And you ain't rapped well in a while for me. So both of these things were lacking. So I was like, the beats yeah. are dope, but it's not it's not a go for me, bro. Not yeah. If it was good, I would say it's good. That's When it comes to music, I'm nothing if not impartial. That shit wasn't it for me. Other people fuck with it. I think it's because it relies so heavily upon that great production. And I think he knew that. Like, these beats are going to be so dope. It wouldn't be the first time that somebody listened to a whole album just because they fucked with the beats. Right. So I'm not defending or sticking up for, and I ain't really fucked with the nigga in a long time, but when somebody put that to me, of, of his newest mm-hmm. ridiculous exploits, mm-hmm. you know, um, right. not the MAGA shit or any of that, but of his new ridiculous exploit, this like Sunday service concert, but it's not church, but I'm watching my nigga with the video up and I'm like, this looks like church. This nigga's doing church, bro. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. You're just not preaching. But right. if, but there's like certain elements of times where there just be music will be playing mm-hmm. and he's freestyling in like a rifty kind of jazzy way where he's just going like, or like a freestyle. Like he's okay. like, he's literally like freestyling off the dome type shit. Like he, okay. as if he were rapping, okay. but it's, even though it's to music and it looks like freestyle because there's music going in the background. It's like, this nigga's still just talking. That's preaching. So with the idea of it now, I'm just thinking about it more so of just not necessarily like, oh, is 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 or isn't Kanye West doing something this church? He definitely is. And it's just I don't know. It's it's I'm I'm not mad at him, but it's more of a me just not rocking with it the same way I don't rock with T D Jakes, I don't rock with Joel mm-hmm. Osteen, I don't rock with anybody who's using religion or like Christianity for a profit yeah. basis as opposed to trying to like Save souls. Didn't, um, wasn't Joel Osteen the preacher that didn't allow his doors to be open during, what was it, Katrina or? During, um, no, during, um, what was it? I'm trying to think of the name. It was, it's, uh, it starts with the H. Harvey. Harvey. During Harvey. Okay. I did think, I was like, my stepmom's dog is a Harvey Interesting. Rescue. That's the guy. Okay. <laughs> Kanye, I can't even say much about him. Like, I, I'm always interested to hear people's takes on Kanye. It's just so frustrating. It's like the T.I. thing. It's just so disappointing. <laughs> it's just, At one point, he was my favorite rapper. Man, me too. Absolutely. He, um, he was definitely most of our generation's favorite rapper at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. It's just like he, something happened to him. 
and I think it was I think it was his mother passing For like sure. it really just kind of shifted some shit. For sure. Um and which is understandable cuz it was really traumatic and um but ever since that shift happened I kind of just fell off. I think he was already like in a certain level of like instability though. Yeah. Cuz I yeah. think that that I mean just I'm no therapist and I'd probably need therapy, but having been somebody who's like lost loved ones like that, like I, I lost mm-hmm. my mom and my dad, mm-hmm. like it only kind of tips you in, I mean, and this is just me, but to me, I feel like it only kind of tips you in the direction of a way you already leaned. Mm-hmm. Like, cause just anybody who was around me at the time knows how both my brother and I reacted to losing our mom and it was very different. Mm-hmm. Like obviously both of us are just fucking, I don't even like talking to people about losing moms. They're like, man, I've lost my mom too. Cause I'm like, yeah, but you didn't lose my mom. Mm-hmm. It was like right, my mom right, was right. a shit. Like right. you ain't gonna meet a motherfucker on the pa- on the face of the planet with a negative thing to say about my mom. Yeah. Coolest person in the world. Cool with drug dealers to ch- preachers. Mm-hmm. Like everybody. Like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, so right, so right. I'd be like, yeah, I feel you, but you, you still yeah. don't get it. But um, I feel like it just kind of already it just tips you in a direction you're already in. I was getting really really submersed in art, and it just like. Mm-hmm pushed me super more towards that. Mm-hmm. So I just like buried myself in that. Yeah. And then, you know, my brother who was already kind of going through a rough time, it just kind of made everything worse. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I feel like that's kind of what happened with Kanye West. Gotcha. It's like, I feel like he was already a relatively unstable dude as far as being bipolar mm-hmm. and you know, all that mm-hmm. other shit that can just come with stuff that we're just now talking about very freely, but at one point wasn't very freely talked about, especially in the black community. Yeah. So all that untreated, undiagnosed, and it's just like, oh, I'm an asshole. You know, I'm just putting it in music. But then it turns into like, oh, something really traumatic happens to me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like flung headfirst into my yeah, yeah. fucked up Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it was a downward spiral. Ever since that fucking, um, uh, I'm, I, I used to think know, it was I Kim. Know. I don't think it's Kim. I don't, I don't even think, think it's Kim, Kim anymore. Me. No, because he was crazy when he went up there and interrupted Taylor Swift. I didn't th- see that's the that thing was now crazy. it was it was crazy but it was like there was logic behind the crazy and it was just like I mean, it was yes, Kanye was throwing a temper not, tantrum and not being able to control himself it, like trust right. me I'm the biggest it wasn't wrong beehive, like, but it, it just wasn't appropriate Beyonce. even Beyonce was like what the fuck nigga? yeah it was like, just like nigga you just you just we agree but you right. tripping yeah, right. <laughs> nigga, what's wrong with you and that's what I said I was like but he not wrong right because we used to wrong. like what he did to a little extent yes like, because it was like did that nigga go being goofy Kanye West again right. saying shit we all think but we won't say. Right. Like, no, you sure right George Bush don't like black people but I probably wouldn't have said it right then and there. Right. Like, he it's used so to do crazy. these things that was like, he bugging out with Sway but I hear him, he not lying. Like, they letting Virgil do everything he been trying to do 10 years ago. So it was like, there was all this like, is Kanye West really bugging? Now it's just like, no, nah, that nigga bugging. Yeah. But there's, he has like so much he has so much like footing built up with other people that, and it's not even like a black or white thing because I know mad black people who feel this way. Mm. He has so much footing built up with other people already. It's just like they've kind of bought into the crazy. Yeah. Like the way that I like fuck with Quentin Tarantino. Mm. It's like Quentin Tarantino and Spike Lee are my favorite directors. And Quentin Tarantino is just like, I know something wrong with this nigga. Like, I'm 100% glad he has an outlet because I'm like, man, what if this nigga didn't have film? This nigga would be like fucking Ted Bundy or some shit. 
Like this nigga yeah, would yeah, for yeah. sure be riding around okay. hunting women Absolutely. in like a fucking '97 Honda Civic, right? With like weird mm-hmm. middle school, high school science teacher wire rimmed glasses on. Like he'd be a <laughs> weird, creepy dude yeah. with like a fucking pale pink button down, uh, short sleeve shirt. Yeah, like he'd be a weird Absolutely. ass creep. Like, thank God he has an outlet so he can put that into something else and just, like, right. not go to jail for doing something horrendous. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, I don't know. Kanye West, for some reason, is, like, his outlet is not enough. I, I'm i going to pray for him. I'm going I'm to meditate for him. All that. All that. Light some sage. Light some sage. Some Palo put some, Santo. Put some, put some crystals in the sun <laughs> for him. All that, yeah. He needs prayer. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, poor Kanye. Um, poor Kanye. Hashtag oh, poor Kanye. Hashtag poor Kanye, man. Uh, speaking of somebody who's fan or used to be a fan of Kanye's, now lately, um, did you hear about Drake getting booed at Camp Flogdown? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Drake. Hashtag poor Drake. Hashtag poor Drake, man. Um, yes, I did. Taking one for Team Mike Skinner. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I do not subscribe not to that it. shit at all. Okay, I'm being a dick. So- Man, first of all, they were mad because Frank Ocean didn't come out, which I get it, but y'all really thought that nigga was going to come out the house? And so Frank if I Ocean show, don't never come out the house. The fuck? And y'all are also some really <laughs> weird fans, too, because I'm from Austin, so festival capital. You know, we, we, we do festivals like nothing else. And uh, to me, like nobody else, I don't even give a shit about Coachella. Like, okay, and then yeah, that shot won, and then what? Like, Coachella's fire, but then what like, niggas have fucking festivals like just because i got into it with this nigga from la who was like yeah south by southwest is cool but man coachella in the desert and da-da-da. i'm like you're right that should sound fire and then what <laughs> and then y'all be here for south by and then be back for acl and then right. be back for fun 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 fest and then come smoke weed at reggae fest and then yeah. be back for dio de los mortos get the fuck out of here bro like we do this festival shit here i don't even go anymore because niggas it, from Austin have been going to festivals since they were 12. Like, you've been working the door at South by Southwest since you were 16. Yeah. Like, it's just like now you see a change into what it is now and how nastily corporate it is. It's like, I don't even want to mm. go to that shit. Like, it used to be dope because it was free. Yeah. Like, you would just bounce from show to show and, like, oh, I'm eating at the Chipotle thing. Hey, Miguel, what's up, my nigga? Right. Nice to meet you. Big fan of your music. Yeah. That's what's up. My friend, yeah. <laughs> Excuse my friend over here crying. Yeah, Tavanya, I'm talking about you crying when we met fucking Miguel like a goofy. I that am shit was jealous. so funny. Tell me everything. It's, you used to do that. He was legit sitting uh, eating tacos. I was uh, like, niggas dumb short. He's like your height. Oh. Because <clears throat> when we took the picture, I was like, oh wow, this guy's really little. Oh. But yeah, he was just sitting there eating tacos. We didn't want to bug him while he was eating, so we let him finish eating. And then when yeah, he threw yeah. his food away, he was starting to walk off. And we're like, hey, man, we're all really big fans. We're actually trying to figure out how to get to your show. Dude oh. gave us all passes. Oh, that's lit. Like, cool as shit. Fucking cool as shit. Yeah. Met ASAP Rocky the same way. Like, it used oh. to be just you just walking down the street and, yeah, hey, yeah. Zoe Kravitz. Right, right. Fuck is up. You're really, really bad. Just yeah, want to yeah. tell you, you have a good day. Not going to bother you because that's weird. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it used to be super chill, and now it's not like that. So, mm. um, but. <clears throat> Yeah, just either way. Um, he got booed at Camp Flogna, which oh, is crazy Drake. because if you've been to like Fader Fort or anything, there's always the, oh, there's going to be a special guest. Who's yeah, a special yeah, guest yeah, going to yeah. be? Right. Like, um, I did not listen to Travis Scott for a very long time because the special guest at Fader Fort one year was supposed to be Kanye West uh-huh. before he was bugging. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still like peak Kanye West fandom. Oh, shit, okay. I'm about to get to see Kanye West for free. Right. It's Fader Fort, so the nigga's really finna be like right there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not Frank Irwin Center or some big-ass fucking mm-hmm. venue. Like, oh, shit. 
Travis Scott, I think, had just put out Birds in a Trap. Mm-hmm. So he was opening, and mm-hmm. he was fucked up. Oh. I mean, he was so fucked up, like, words are incoherent. He's, like, hanging off a part of his set and, like, talking to his DJ with the back his back to us. Oh, my God. Because he's so fucked up. And then at one point, he's just there, and then he's going. I'm like, where the fuck did Travis go? Yeah, yeah. This nigga fucked up, fell off the stage. And so they had to go get the ambulance. Like, Twisted came out and did oh, one song. wow. And was supposed to obviously throw it to Kanye West, and then the rumor was after that Kanye didn't come out because it took so long to get Travis, like, okay and out that he wouldn't have been able to do his whole set. And in true Kanye West fashion, he's like, I'm not going to go out there and do, like, four songs. I was going to or two songs. Like, oh. I had a set with a theme and some shit probably that was going right. to, you know, come out of the ground or something. Yeah, and he was like, yeah. if I don't get to do this set, I'm just not going out. Yeah, yeah. So... Twisted came out, did a couple songs. I don't even think he did his whole set, and that was the end of it. So I was so mad at Travis Scott Damn. for being so unprofessional Damn that it, I Travis. did not fuck with Travis for a very oh. long time because of that. But I didn't get to see Kanye West. Who even knows to this day if that was really the fucking special guest? It's right. always grumblings or whisperings of oh. who's going to be the, the headliner or the special guest or who's bringing out who at you know this set. You, that's that's just how festivals go. Yeah. So if I would have gone there and been like, man, I'm really trying to see Frank Ocean. Da, 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 man, I heard Frank Ocean's coming out here. You hear niggas talking in the audience, Frank man. Ocean. Frank Ocean's it's coming. Frank da, da, da. Ocean. And Frank then Drake Ocean. comes out. I'm like, nigga, that's Drake. Nigga, turn up. I'm not right. mad. Right. I'm sad I didn't get to see Frank Ocean, but at the same time, who yeah, gives yeah, a shit? Yeah, like, yeah. I wasn't supposed to see Drake either. Right. Like, he wasn't listed <laughs> either. <laughs> like, yeah. So it, that was really funny to see. Uh, did you see the video? Yes. It was funny. Your thoughts. It was it was funny because it was like you know what? The I like the way that, he handled it. The, yeah, he was like you know it's up to y'all. <laughs> all right, all right. It was sure. like you know it's like a dad that was like, <laughs> all right, if you keep throwing a temper tantrum, all right, we gonna well, I'm turn this car around. We're all gonna go right. Home. <laughs> we ain't even gonna get the ice cream. We can turn around and go home it's right up now. To you guys, how you want to act? <laughs> that shit was what do you dumb funny. Do? Yeah, um, it was funny because it was like, you know, he's so big, and for him to get booed um, was, <laughs> was kind of funny. I love Drake, though. Don't I'm, get me wrong. Like, I, I love, love that Drake. waffle color nigga. I talk I, so much shit about him, but that waffle. I wouldn't have booed him, but I wouldn't it was have booed funny him. to no see, way. like, niggas didn't give a fuck. They wouldn't see Frank Ocean. They were dead Yo, ass that, serious. That they Camp Flogdog crowd play. is weird. Yo. It's an interesting crowd. Yeah. It's, it's, some, it's some unique yeah. fellows that fuck with Odd Future and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Solange and just yeah, the people on that yeah, lineup, yeah, the yeah. people they're trying to see. I can see them being like, he's too mainstream for me. Right, right. But still. Right, exactly. It's a free it's show. Right. Like, all the people that you came to see were listed, and then you got an extra nigga. Right. So what you mad about? Yeah, exactly. And even to do some shit that you for sure finna move your hips to. Because you know you like this nigga music. And again, y'all really <laughs> thought Frank Ocean was gonna come out the house? I mean, if he was gonna come out anywhere... Cause he didn't popped out a couple times lately. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be wild for him to pop out at his homie shit. Right. So I get why the the Reddit streams had people all abuzz, but yeah, mm. he'll never do nothing though. He's so selective. He has a party in New York. It's like a very exclusive like, like gay party. I yeah. heard about it. Yeah, yeah this yeah. shit's like sponsored by like uh like the the preemptive uh, HIV drug, which is kind of oh. dope. Okay. All right. Yeah, I didn't know that, but um, apparently it's really um exclusive. Yeah. Bougie and I heard it's, it's also very white. white. <laughs> I heard it's also, but if you look at the people who Frank Ocean hangs out with and frequents, True. that's not shocking. Yeah, like I, people be shocked about stuff that I'd be like, but are you really shocked? Like that. Right. So, <laughs> so that's the, this isn't gonna be a topic I don't want to talk about it long. But it was on the list 
Um, I just heard a joke that so because uh, I know that so weird segue. Uh, <laughs> Frank Ocean, Frank Ocean, Cam Flogna, Cam Flogna, Tyler the Creator, right, right. Tyler the Creator's <laughs> best friend is Solange. Okay. <clears throat> so I heard this joke or I heard this like rumor speculation that uh that well one most people heard the rumor that the reason that she posted that post that she broke up with her like what husband of like five years was because uh-huh. she cheated and then I heard that he cheated, she cheated with a white dude. And I don't know why that shit made me fall out laughing, but I wasn't surprised. <laughs> like, there's like a certain swag of chicks. There's just like, it's like Zazzy Beats from uh-huh. ATL. Yeah, yeah. Like, I clicked on her page and I'm like, damn, like, man, bad. Right, right. Love Zazzy Beats. And I just have a thing for women whose names start with Z because my name is. So I'm um, just <laughs> like, we should stick together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Shout yeah. out Zazzy Beats and Daya, all that. <laughs> so, I, so I was like, click on her page, see her boyfriend. I was like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, I'm not shocked. Uh-huh. It's always yeah, this yeah. like wild like Ethiopian queen that is like mm-hmm. married to like some nigga named Darren. Right. <laughs> that uh, shit. And then Eve too. Eve. Sabrina. Yeah, Eve also smart. Eve from the projects in Philly, and she married to a nigga named Darren that has like billions of dollars. Oh yeah, I heard he's pretty fucking loaded. Yeah, he's like a billionaire. He's like a CEO or mm-hmm. some like oil tycoon or some mm-hmm. wildly rich person. My like, thought is like, how did these people meet? Like, what is the love story? Like, how did you <laughs> see this white man and you said, hmm? I know Eve saw that white man. She nigga, saw that nigga pull up with bodyguards or some shit. Yeah. But, okay. but, yeah, I can see that. But as far as like, yeah, I'm going to show you. All right, so I'm going to show you. <laughs> I'm going to show you as he beats. Uh, this is no this. He's probably a great guy. He probably has a good conversation. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe slings so, a mad peen, but. Right, that maybe. nigga is the, maybe it's the most maybe basic it's the looking dude. Maybe we don't know. Maybe That is Zazie Beats' husband. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Maybe it is... Her husband. Listen. Her boyfriend, whatever. Maybe Pink Peen is but, in. Yo. What, hey, God, Hashtag Pink Peen is in. If you love it, I like it. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, so when I you see her... Very similar vibe of Solange. Right, right. So that's why, that's why I started laughing so hard. Because I was just like, oh, there's okay, definitely Solange. a certain vibe of women. I don't know it to be true. It could be a ball face lie. She's so angry. She didn't cheat. She says that uh, me saying, um, listening to my body has nothing to do with cheating. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yes, if you say I, so. First of all, I love her. Oh, yeah. I'm women all, stand I'm for I'm her when she's that. like still cheating. I'm like, so she cheats and she still goes? What was the quote? What'd she say? I don't think she cheated. Or okay. if she did cheat, she said, I don't know for a fact she cheated. Listening to my body isn't cheating? Right. She said, just because I said I was like listening to I'm about to get that tatted right now. Listening to my body isn't cheating. Unless you, unless, unless you fucked a white dude, then it's definitely cheating. <laughs> <laughs> it's, then it's definitely cheating. And uh, that very eclectic, oh. uh, light-skinned man that favors common that she was married to probably did not oh, care man. for that. So. He was very handsome. He was quite handsome. They were definitely like artistic couple goals for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. Such a beautiful wedding. They were like the yeah. They the were the you know were the amazing. Love Jones version of Jay Z and Beyonce. Oh. And he like a photographer or some shit. They're he just, was a director. Yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. Right. <laughs> that definitely tracks. So yeah, that's mm. hilarious. I thought that was funny. And there's mm. there's definitely that that you vibe of you chick. You never know what a, a couple can be beautiful. You never know what the hell is going on. In hey that man, God love it. I just know there is a definite type of like Erica Badu listening to incense burning black girl that's like super black and it's just like mm-hmm. ah nice to meet you Caleb mm. <laughs> uh, that shit is yeah. always funny yeah yeah and it's interesting, interesting. <laughs> it's like Very the first time I found it's like when I found out that um Childish Gambino's wife is white so I was, I've I, never seen what she looked like because and that was a thing 
that was a conversation I had with my sister because I was like, is he hiding her? Right. Because I've been a Childish Gambino fan before he was Childish Gambino, and my guy did not used to be so super Atlanta, Clobrack, uh-huh. this is America. Right, 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 <sighs> right, right. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My guy was wearing fucking Birkenstocks and yeah. telling very, very white jokes uh-huh. in his stand-up career. Right, absolutely. And, and kind of just seems to be one of those kind of like Chris Brown-esque, I pick up something and I'm good at it. Uh-huh. And so he picked up rapping like in a quote saying, I just wanted to prove it wasn't hard. And so right. he puts out a hit rap song and a hit rap right. album with uh, the internet or computer or whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah. And then, you know, with the 3005 joint on it. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to write TV. And he's good right. at it because he's an amazing artist. But the pro-black shit, it was popping at the time. I don't think it was, I'm not saying it's not how he feels, but I don't think it was like always the trajectory of his career. Mm. And so when it popped out that he was married to a white woman, I was just like, huh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Because they got like three kids. Really? Exactly. <laughs> he got kids? <laughs> exactly. Wow. He probably got some adorable little mulatto babies running around. And we he had no clues under wraps. Now, wow. it could be on some J. Cole shit where it's like, nigga, I just keep my private life very separate because I'm very, I am a household name. Wow. So I don't got no privacy and I don't want them catching that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I a thousand percent get that. But it's also just like I had a conversation with my sister, and even my sister is biracial, and she's married to a white man, so mm. she has multiracial children. And we were just having a conversation that even Josh, my, yeah, my yeah. white brother-in-law, was like, that's a little shocking to me, too. And then huh. he was like, why? He was like, he's so pro-black. I was right, like, I just right. said it for him. He was like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just assumed he was married to a black woman. And it just kind of brought up the conversation of like being huh. that gung-ho about your blackness and not... But it's like, can you be pro-black and date outside of your race? Like, and that was that the question okay? we had. That's because okay, I was like, right? it's okay. I would never, I'm gay. So I would never assume to tell somebody how to love right, or who to right. love. Can't help it. I know that. More than most people, you yeah. can't help it. So I, I get that, would never argue it. But at the same time, it's always very interesting to me because I feel like, in, in my opinion, love is a choice. It's yeah. a very conscious choice. And so if you have a very conscious choice, it's like, you know that you want to specifically be with a certain type of person and you kind of seek it out. All right, so speaking of uh, situationships and things of that nature, so uh, <laughs> this year and last year, I feel like every year there's always like these like hot button terms. Like I feel like toxic was super popular for a second. Um, the word narrative, like creating a narrative. It was like a really hot button word for a really long time. Um, what's, what's like a popular word right now? Triggered. Triggered. Triggers is definitely one of those. Triggered. Triggering. Um, it's like now it's just like more in like people's just normal conversation. But I feel like at one point ally was one or just like our allyship. Um, so it's just words that are always just like really like kid that like kitschy or whatever at a certain time and so the term right now that um is funny to me and i heard that was brought up on the joe budden podcast uh was gaslighting mm. um are, are you are you familiar with this term okay slightly yes it's like a form of manipulation almost okay. right i would say i would say what what familiarity do you have with it not much like basically like it's it's like a way you can manipulate someone, but it's like specific like it's not just manipulation right it's, it's like, like targeted so yeah very specific way to manipulate somebody or to get someone to do something i don't know so this is what i've heard so the definition i got off google is um manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity 
Uh, and mm. like the example, which is not a good one, it says in the first episode, Karen is being gaslighted by her husband. That's the example. It's like gaslighting is an abuse that can be perpetrated by either women or men. Withholding is one gaslighting technique where the abuser feigns a lack of understanding, refuses to listen, and declines to share his or her emotions. Gaslighting examples this of this would include, I'm not listening to that shit tonight. Mm. So it's a term that I'm familiar with <laughs> more so just because I've seen it like bantied about on Twitter. And just Twitter, I feel like, is this where I feel like these type of words go to just get their like steam. Just right. like, oh my God, you're being so toxic. Or this mm-hmm. is like, I can't believe you're creating such a narrative. Like that's the type of shit right, that people right. will just pick up with and be like, oh, I'm going to throw like these hot button words into my tweets to make them yeah. like popular or whatever. Right. Or like make me sound like, oh, I'm in the know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that shit makes me laugh. But gaslighting is like a term that I've, I heard before um, from somebody specific. And now I hear all the time kind of being thrown around and it's, it's like this cool word. And I'm just like, in hearing the definition and reading it, it doesn't sound like a real thing to me. Like, it just like what manipulating somebody into questioning their own sanity by withholding so if I'm just like not trying to hear your shit and I'm just like my nigga I'm good on that fuck out of here with that bullshit tonight that's that's manipulation no I just don't want to fucking argue with you right now like how is that manipulating like I'm being very clear right now it's so specific. Like, what? At, at what point do you say like that's gaslighting or that's not gaslighting? Exactly. Like, it feels like because that could be just you questioning yourself anyway. And that's like say, it could literally be anything. And who's to say I'm the person that's making you question that, or I just didn't present a good argument, and right. now you're questioning yourself. And now it's a debate. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. I feel like that my, is, yeah, that's very confusing. My fuckers just be coming up ways to like avoid accountability. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like this is all that is. It's like, oh man, I'm questioning myself for doing this fucked up thing. Mm-hmm. But no, nah, I'm tripping. You made me question myself for doing this mm-hmm. fucked. No, nigga, you just did something fucked up, probably. Yeah. Like, what? How is that me being manipulative? Because right. the only reason I want to really talk about it is because I've been. I feel like I've been accused of this in like not so subtle ways, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Nigga, I don't ever understand what somebody... So, do you feel like you were manipulating by... What was the definition? I feel like manipulation takes entirely too much effort, and I just don't... I feel like me not caring or wanting to argue... Of of it? Like, how do you... Manipulating is basically you getting something out of making or persuading in some way um, for somebody to do something, right? I mean, I guess it depends on what you deem as being getting something out of. Like, I'm the type of person who likes to debate about anything. We can debate about the best type of waffles. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. Waffles or pancakes. Like, MJ or LeBron. I, I'll, even if I understand your point, I just like debating. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like genuine conversation about stuff. Even if it's like... Like, I just got in a whole conversation with my homeboy. <laughs> Funnily enough about... Um, like, if a guy does something one time with like a dude and he mm-hmm. doesn't like it, how is he gay? He tried it and he literally <laughs> knows better than you that he don't like it. Because he's actually tried it was like, nope, not for me. Uh, I might have, nope, 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 100% hey. sure. I know now. I tried oh, it and I don't man. like it. So I'm like, how is he gay? He's like, but that's gay. I was like, but how? Because oh. he knows better. You You don't even know because right, you've right. never done it. He knows 100%. Right. That that's like not an edge of the spectrum he's down to fuck with. At least not that far. Right. Whatever he did, he's like, nope, not yeah. doing that. So, how, so I'll debate about anything, even though I get where you're, this person is coming from and their retort. I'm just like, let's just talk mm-hmm. about it because why not, nigga? Right, right. Like, why not? That's how you learn things about other people or Absolutely. about other situations, just talking about it. Like, 
whether you agree or not. I'm not the type of person that has to just only talk to people I agree with. That shit's irritating to me, actually. Yeah. Like, that's cool, but whatever. Like, that's just boring. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think I was ever getting anything out of it manipulation-wise because I'm, because I'm the type of person that's down to debate. Like, one of my models has always been arguing may not be the best form of communication, but it's still communicating. Mm. But as I got older, you just don't have time for that. Mm. Well, so it just became like, all right, you got You got make it. time for what you want to make time for. But I'm also like, you get to a certain point where you're just like beating your head up against the wall. Yeah. Because it's like, I can only say things a certain way. Mm-hmm. Or even if I try to say them another way and you're still not getting it, then what are we doing? Like, there, it's okay to agree to disagree. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm not trying to convince you to think like me. Mm-hmm. And you're definitely not going to convince me to think like you unless you make a point that makes me do that evaluation. Right, right. So I'm like, what? No, you can get to a certain point with something. I'm like, we've done this already. Mm-hmm. Not doing it again. Or yeah. maybe just not right now. Right. We can do it tomorrow. Not today. As my little brother Avery say all the time, nigga, you just got to shut the fuck up talking to me. I'm not saying you got to shut the fuck up talking. <laughs> <laughs> just shut the fuck up talking to me. Like, go talk to somebody else about that bullshit. Or, like, whatever. I talk to myself all the time. Go, like, vent, nigga, go for a run. I don't know. But I'm finna go over here because I'm done. Yeah, yeah. And motherfuckers be all on all this, especially girls be all on this. I'm protecting my peace. This is me protecting my peace. Get the fuck away from me. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> How come uh, you get to and I'm yeah, not? Yeah. This is me protecting my peace. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, it's not gaslighting. I'm just good. <laughs> I'm just good. I feel like you're coming up with a bullshit term for me being good. Man. And you're still wanting to be angry about something. I'm just like, nigga, you may not smoke weed, but you need a coping mechanism. <laughs> and you need to get away from me until you find one. Yeah, yeah. I feel it. Do you feel like you've ever gaslit anyone? No, because I feel like it's like there's intention behind everything. And this the way mm-hmm. like the definition of gaslighting sounds is it's intentional. Right. Like it's somebody like trying to push your buttons to manipulate you into questioning yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just arguing with you and in that you start questioning yourself. Nigga, I'm not gonna say it's nothing to do with me because we just had a conversation, so obviously like my energy might have done something or said something, but at the same time, I did not do it intentionally. And, yo, people look at intentions differently. Intentions are a very interesting subject as well because my dad used to always say intentions don't mean shit. All that matters is how somebody took something because mm-hmm. you can't change it. You could have had all the help, you know, the, the idea of the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You could have had all the good intentions in the world, but you can't change how that nigga took it. And mm-hmm. then 90% of the time, because of how humans operate, creatures of a certain nature, mm-hmm. Just like people say, first impressions, you, you know, you can't change your first impression type shit. Whatever I went with the first time, it's going to take a hundred times more for you to try to counteract the feelings I had or whatever that I took from how I first initially responded to something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, later on. Like, mm-hmm. if I took it a certain way, that's probably how I'm going to hang on to it. Yeah. Even if I stop being tight about it. It's like when people like get mad about something, you'd be like, we don't bring it up anymore. I'm not mad or whatever. But you bring it up and then they'd be like, nigga, you still mad about Yes, nigga, I'm yeah, still yeah. mad about that. Because right. whatever it was, I don't care if I get what you said now. Nigga, yeah, I was yeah, super yeah. tight then and you just bringing it up reminded me how tight I was then. Right, right. Yeah. Just, so let's just not talk about it. Because that's that, the nature of humans. Mm. So if it's not intentional. <laughs> humans are is so complex. Like, if so I'm not trying to do that. Maybe you're just thinking about the dumb well, thing. Well, okay, so if you're not trying to gaslight, 
could you gaslight and not be necessarily trying to intentionally gaslight? Like, could you be gaslighting unconsciously? I think if you're saying that you're trying to poke somebody's button, then the intentions are there. So yeah, it can't be unconscious. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Like if it's a if it's a type of psychological manipulation, right? That implies premeditation and intention. Even if or just I, I guess I need like a or maybe like not even premeditation. Example. Like what would be a good <clears throat> example of gaslighting? Like because maybe if you take even take away the premeditation, like I guess if you're a super fucked up individual, it would be premeditated. Like I'm going to go do this to right. get this from this person, okay. and I know if I push this button, right. they're gonna do it. Okay. okay. But I think even if you take away the premeditation of being just a complete shithole. Mm-hmm. Say it still has to be intentional, even without you trying to do it. Like, oh, I'm gonna make this plan to do it. You would still have to be the type of person that like likes to push people's buttons. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I don't know how you unconsciously do that. Maybe like people that are unaware that they're doing it are just that evil. You know, like they just already have that kind of spirit to do something like that. Without, like, consciously yeah. thinking, like, I'm going to intentionally, like, poke at this trigger that she has or this insecurity or whatever to make her do this. It's just, like, it comes natural. Right. Maybe, yeah. And, yeah, I guess there are people who could be, like, as wildly unaware of the, I guess, shitty things they're doing to people. Absolutely. <laughs> In All the, the same sex way, like, trafficking that's happening, like... White women can be really, really unaware of like their passive aggressiveness. <laughs> it's always just like shocking. Right. It's just like you really don't right. know what you're doing, huh? I have black friends. I would never. Or just other shit. Would be like, I genuinely know you. Just right. you have no ill will against me. You don't dislike me. Like you like me. You genuinely right. fuck with me. You think I'm cool. You like my hair. All types of shit. You think yeah. it's interesting that I'm an artist. You really are like enamored by me and like fuck with me. But you really just don't know what you're doing. Right? You right. don't. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe I guess you could like in the same vein be so completely unaware yeah. of like you. But wow, I don't know. Yeah. I just uh, I just think that's a really interesting. Like when I heard <laughs> hot button word when I heard Joe Budden and them talking about it on the podcast, I was mm-hmm. dying laughing because mm-hmm. he kind of had the same take as me. He was like, because everybody in the room, like all the other mm-hmm. Rory and Maul and all the other people on the podcast, were like, oh yeah, nigga, this is definitely you. <laughs> yeah, you do all. Of, you do this shit to me, and we not even fucking. Like you definitely. He's just like, but this is just. And I kind of felt him. I was like, if you doing it on purpose, you're wild. But if otherwise, it's just like that could just be in somebody else's head, right? Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't even mean it for it to become that long of a tangent, which is funny. Uh-huh. So before we get into a few more topics, I'm just gonna because you we had a pre discussion. You're not really a sports person. I'm just going to run through a couple sports things really okay. quickly. Yeah. Um, and if you have you know, anything to say about them, feel free to chime in. <laughs> All right. I'll save, I'll save Cap for last because you can chime in on that because that's not just uh, okay. sports. But So uh, um, you don't, but if you watch football, <laughs> you would know that uh, Miles Garrett is, uh, is a member of the Cleveland Browns, and he got into a – uh, 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 not a kerfuffle because it was an actual fight. He got to a real ass fight with um, the quarterback of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Mason uh, Rudolph. I believe his name is Mason Rudolph. Uh, his backup quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, went down really early in the season. And so he had, a lot of teams have been having backup quarterbacks for the majority of the season. Them, um, uh, New Orleans, Drew Brees got hurt really early. I think he's back now, but he was gone for quite a few times. And Terry Bridgewater was killing. But either way, 
Um, got yeah. in a fight. Yeah, he got in a fight. And football players fighting is always interesting because they have like helmets on and shit. So it's like, right. without them taking the helmets off, it's like, y'all look really weird right, right now because right. you're, you're punching a helmet. But right. in this fight, the guy tried to pull off Miles Garrett's helmet. Miles Garrett is, is um, plays defense. Okay. He's a relatively large dude, pretty pretty big. And quarterbacks are usually, you know, not historically not bigger guys. That's why they have they're protected. Like right. it's a known rule. You don't want you don't hurt the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But it turns into this little fight um, because he got sacked a bunch of times in the last sack. Miles Garrett did a little much, but he was juiced and then uh, he shouldn't have did it though because you know you're gonna get in trouble for roughing the quarterback. Yeah. And he like kind of threw him down when he didn't a little harder than he had to, mm-hmm. and like for a little longer held him down a little longer than he needed uh-huh. to because he was just like nigga. Ah, you know, I just sacked you a third yeah, time. Yeah. You're doing too much, bro. You at the same time, you have right, to be right. cognizant of how you're playing the game, and like, there's rules against that. And that, if nothing else, can negatively affect your team because it can cost you yards, Ooh. and so that can hurt your team, and you don't want yeah, that. Right, right, right. But so he gets into this crazy fight, and um, the quarterback of the other team, Mason Rudolph, is trying to pull his helmet off, mm. and the way he's jerking at it, it's like, nigga, that's that can cause an injury because mm. you're like you slinging my neck and shit, like you right. could fucking hurt me. So, obviously, Miles Garrett doesn't take too kindly to that. And so he gets up. Because you roughed the quarterback, the other players on the quarterback's team, on the Pittsburgh Steelers, are now all on, you know, the quarterback side, they're all in your face. Mm. And so they're pushing you. They're kicking him while he's down. They're, like, doing all this stuff. When he finally gets up, he grabs the helmet off of the quarterback. And he's got the quarterback and the other two players coming at him from the Pittsburgh Steelers team. Mm. And he swings the helmet. And hits the quarterback with the helmet. Ooh. Now, luckily, he hit him with the part of the helmet, football helmet, like the top of it is hard because that's the top yeah. of the head is the most sensitive. So the most like hard stuff, the padding, the yeah, yeah. I've my dad is known professional football player, so I've literally, I mean, they're even more so now. But I've had NFL helmets on because he's had gifts that like mm-hmm. people have given him, and so I've been a little kid running around the house with like the top of that helmet is like no joke, like you can hurt yourself. Yeah, and yeah. Even more so now with like all the protocols and stuff, they know more science. Like they make that helmet even more protective. But he hit him not with the top, thank God. Because he could have he fucking killed him. Like, that's yeah. legit blunt force trauma. He could have fucking killed him. But he hit him with the underside of the helmet, which is softer because it's the part around your neck and stuff. And it's, like, padded. Uh-huh. It's less plastic, more soft. Right. And so he hit him with that part of it because he grabbed it off of him this way from the face mask and then swung it down. Oh. And so he hit him right on the top, right on the top of the head. Yeah, yeah. But it's because he hit him with that softer part. It still could have hurt him. Yeah, yeah. But, like... He probably would have gotten in way more trouble if he would have swung yeah. the other side of that helmet because yeah. he would have done way more damage if he would have cracked him over the head with Ooh. that. Like, he could like, literally, he could have fucking killed him. Right. So, if you watch the fight, it's nuts. I mean, there's, I understand people saying, you know, at the same time, hey, man, if I'm Miles Garrett, I'm hopping up just mad and maybe snapping and not thinking because a lot of people think Mason Rudolph maybe doesn't. Miles Garrett got suspended for the rest of the season. Mm. But a lot of people think Mason Rudolph, who didn't get. Uh, he just got fined. I don't think he got suspended at all. A lot of people think he should have been suspended too because, I mean, this dude's getting kicked and stuff on the ground. They're probably not going to get in trouble because they didn't start doing that until after, mm-hmm. you know, Miles Garrett pinned the dude to the ground and everything. But he's still trying to wrench this dude's helmet off of his head right. to the point where it's like, nigga, you could have hurt me too. Right. And so maybe, maybe that snapped. I'm watching, you know, Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, and they're like, we don't know what was said. You know, Shannon's like, Miles, if anybody watches football, you watch Miles Garrett. He's this huge dude, soft-spoken, mm. super quiet, yeah. never, ever, ever been in anything like this before, to the point where, you know, people are like, did he say anything? 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Shannon Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless specifically said, did he say like, did, essentially, did he call him a nigger? Uh-huh. Right, <laughs> he's right, like, he's like, it. like Shannon, Skip was like, did he say the unsayable? And Shannon was like, that's what I thought too. Maybe he said something. Maybe he called his mom a bitch. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe he said something that was like, made him snap. And right. we have never seen Miles Garrett teddy bear ass quiet. Like he's yeah, a beast, yeah. but he don't portray that. He's not a Draymond Green right, demonstrative. Right. Like he's not a, he's not that dude at all. He never has been since he's been in the league. This is, wildly out yeah, of his character yeah. so it's just like maybe he said something or did something to him that lit the fire under him who knows yeah i understand him getting suspended that's kind of crazy it's definitely going to be something that's going to be talked about in nfl for the rest of the season we're almost done we're on week 11 of 13 that'll mean what two three more weeks of playoffs including the super bowl so we're almost done with football season mm-hmm. this is going to be something that's going to be talked about for the rest of football season on into next season. Yeah. Football season is going to be over and they're still going to be talking about it just because they're going to be speculating the case. Like, football cases are actually, because of the type of league it is, it's like, that's tried in like federal court. Mm. So, <clears throat> if he tries to counter sue or if he tries to sue Miles Garrett for like actual assault, mm-hmm. which a lot of people are saying he probably is going to do, it, it's going to be talked about on into next season. So, definitely mm. want to talk on that. It just, it was a wild situation. So, this doesn't happen. A nah, lot. like fights not don't really, really happen, especially not in football. Yeah, because it's not like okay. basketball. We're like niggas fight basketball because it's just like nigga, we just out here in like tank tops and shorts. Right, like, right. I can get at you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In hockey, they let you fight. Yeah, and even Why? then, Why and even they then, because they white niggas. That's, that's, that a, so that's a whole other conversation. I'm like, that they just don't so want to see true. black dominated sports. Big black men Why fighting like that, that? It makes like, them uncomfortable. It's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother wow. time. And I could get into that where I'm just like, it's the same reason that they, they just want to control black people, black media, black narratives, black, the, the, the avenues in which black people are successful. Like it, it has to do with all of that. It's the same reason that football and basketball are the only sports you have to go to college for before you can go pro. Mm. You play fucking golf. You can become a golf pro at fucking 16. You can play soccer at 15. You can be a fucking... 12 year old gymnast and be a professional athlete but no mm. we need to make some money off of you guys first we need to tell you how to handle yourselves mm-hmm. we need to control all this shit because that's just what we do as rich white men oh. but that's a whole nother conversation Ooh. but um yeah looking mm-hmm. uh looking ahead and definitely gonna be paying attention to um how that turns out with the yeah. miles garrett fight because that shit was nuts um oh, also gosh. got shout out to the fucking houston rockets they're on a tear right now super hyped to see them uh on a I think five game win streak now um after not a good start. Um, yeah, a lot of eyes on them after the Westbrook trade, wanting to see how they were going to gel, being two ball-dominant players that really, in order to make something happen for their teams and with their style of play, they got to have the ball in their hands. So it's interesting to see them have to like share those roles now um, and now kind of seeing them getting into a rhythm where Russell's kind of figuring out his position um, and just, you know, if he can continue this, that's just the thing with Russell. <laughs> you know, he, he has these flashes of where he's just like, I don't need to score points. I'm a contributor. I'm a distributor. I can affect the game in a million different ways that have nothing to do with scoring points. And then, like, two months after that, this nigga's trying to score all the points. And it's just like, nigga, you can't shoot. What are we doing right now? So (laughs) hopefully that doesn't happen. And we don't get to the point where we see Russell uh, falling back into those old OKC habits of uh, trying to shoot the ball 40 times to score 20 points. We got a guy named James Harden who will score 40 points off 19 shots. We don't need you to do that. Uh, we saw that last night, uh, James Harden and uh, 
Houston Rockets steamrolled the fucking Portland Trailblazers, who I got a soft spot in my heart for because Damian Lillard's one of my favorite guards. I enjoy C.J. McCollum as a basketball player um, and his wild bag of counters and pull-up jump shots, um, as well as I love his podcast. His podcast, The Pull-Up, is one of my favorite sports podcasts. Um, really dope to see um, a guy who just kind of plays basketball and just carries mm. himself the right way, but also just has like these other endeavors. He went yeah. to school for journalism, and it's just like... That's dope. Yeah, it's just the same way actors and actresses are like, oh, so I'm going to go make music, too, and do all right. this shit now because of the internet, and I can put out whatever I want to. Exactly. Also seeing this basketball player be like, oh, but I also went to school for journalism, and I'm not going to play basketball forever, so I'm going to go ahead and start getting into journalism now by putting out my own podcast. And his approach to it is very much like sports radio and very well researched and he knows what the fuck he's talking about. It's not opinion based, it's fact based and mm. so I fuck with Portland, but goddamn they got their ass whooped last night. I know they're <laughs> dealing with fucking injuries and they have no middle presence because Nurkic is still out. Oh, one of the gnarliest injuries I've ever watched last year. God, that was so gross to see somebody whose just calf is that big break their leg and Ooh. snap it in an Ooh. area where it's just like your leg's not supposed to break right here man Ooh. like uh, just snapped uh. and he's just like his fucking calf he's like seven foot tall 300 pounds he's like this calf is like the, his yeah his calf's like the size of my fucking thigh it's nuts oh, wow. so it's just oh yeah so I know they're, they're dealing with injuries but yeah they, they took a beating last night yeah when James Harden drops 40 points on, and I think like 10 assists and like 7-8 rebounds chipped in on like 20, 11 of 20 shooting. So you can't really do anything with that. Russell Westbrook was on a tear. He had his first official triple-double as a Houston Rocket. Gang, gang, that shit was fine, <laughs> fine, fine, fine basketball. Fun to see. Um, so hype for the Houston Rockets getting on a roll. If they can keep playing basketball like this, he's also like giving them this resurgence of like this defensive energy that I haven't ever seen them play with before. And nobody was listening to me when I was saying, man, they're playing like shit offensively, but look at how well they're playing defense as a unit. And I think that has to do with Capella like reestablishing himself in the paint with um, Russell Westbrook just always being a defensive mind. Not even just defensive mind, he just on both sides of the ball. He is to me the living, breathing embodiment of keeping that same energy. Mm. Like that nigga, whatever mm. he do, that nigga's a hundred and ten percent. He's going a hundred miles an hour. It's why even when he has these terrible games, where it's like nigga, what are you doing? He's just going so hard. It's just like God, mm. he's giving a hundred fifty percent. It's still hard to not love the guy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, shout out to to the fact that they're they're kind of getting it together. If they can keep it rolling like this, keep playing defense like this, the West is really wide open right now with the Warriors being so decimated and. I'm sorry to have to say I love to see it, um, especially with Kevin Durant not there. I mean, that was the only reason I really fucked with them at all is because I just like seeing KD stick it to everybody who talks shit to him and then leave them niggas hanging in the lurch. I was like, whoo, that nigga did y'all like a bad bitch. <laughs> Made you guys fall in love with me and then just left. Damn. And now everybody is dealing with the... Um, great relationship he's in now with Kyrie like damn this nigga just dumped us and got in a better relationship <laughs> so <laughs> I love I love it I love to see it and I saw a quote where they won't name the source but somebody said and just said um, I forgot who reported I think it was Bleacher Report or House of Highlights ESPN one it was a credible source and um, essentially they said that they won't say who but one of Steph Curry's Western Conference rivals specifically said 
oh yeah, we love to see it. The niggas had fun for a while, bending the rules, and now that uh, they've gotten back to reality, we just want to see Steph in the fourth quarter with that towel over his head. And if anybody who's watching <laughs> basketball knows when Steph Curry is losing, that nigga puts his towel over his head at the end of the game and just be sitting over there chewing on his mouthpiece, sulking. I don't know, oh, probably thinking about the wow. chicken and dumplings that Aisha gonna cook him when he gets home or whatever. <laughs> but that shit is fucking funny, bro. I cried laughing when I read that shit. I think either uh, LeBron or Patrick Beverly said that shit. Because wow. I Lilo think LeBron does not like Steph. I think he respects him. Mm. But I think he's like, man, fuck this yellow ass nigga. Yeah. Fuck this nigga. He's not as nice <laughs> as y'all think he is. I don't want to hear shit about how many Bibles he reads. I don't give a fuck, nigga. I'm from Cleveland. Ain't shit handed to me. Lord. This nigga ain't no motherfucking underdog. His daddy was in the league. Like, I really just feel like he's like, man, fuck this soft ass yellow nigga. <laughs> like, that I just really want him to say it. Just be like... May low key on his Kobe shit, just be like oh, a dickhead and unapologetic man. about it. But he got to open schools for kids and shit, so he can't. Right. He can't be that. He's got. He's got to light the way. Um, <laughs> speak, um, so what I really wanted to get into about Cap was just that my initial reaction, and this is actually all connected to the Jay Z, um, his situation ship with the NFL. Everybody was so gung ho and so ready to kill Jay Z, go after Jay Z. Oh my God, what a Uncle Tom. I can't believe he started fucking with the NFL. And he didn't get Cap an interview. And, and, and Cap's girlfriend, Nessa, is, uh, did, did nobody call our house? And she popping off on Twitter and shit. And everybody I know is talking all this shit. And oh, all he cares about is money. And I'm like, man, y'all so, <laughs> y'all so caught up in the fucking digital era. Y'all so quick to jump on some type of bandwagon or whatever. It's just, can we wait and see? Like, Jay-Z's done some pretty sustainable stuff from helping people with legal bills to the Khalif Browder situation to Meek's situation to Lil Wayne's situation. Like, he's done so much shit behind closed doors that nobody knew about until after he already helped the situation. That it's like, I was like, let's, let's just wait and see. Can we just wait and see? I think that was even my tweet. Can we just wait and see? The motherfuckers were so ready to kill Jay-Z and so ready to find holes and poke holes in somebody who, you know, for, for better or worse, has always been um, honest about his process. And I don't know why all of a sudden he would just switch up. It's like, that nigga been a, million, a billionaire. He been rich. That's that's not going to be the catalyst now for him to all of a sudden just abandon niggas and just, like, start doing shit all outside of his character. So I was like, let's just wait and see. And then we waited, and now we see it, and I just... Hey man, on that on like like that quote James Harden posted on his Instagram, Trey Young reposted it. It's getting like popular and catching traction everywhere. Your apology should be as loud as the disrespect was. So all the niggas with all that Jay Z hate talking all that shit, um, I don't hear you now. That's 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 all I had to say about that. Have um sports and move into um not necessarily somber. Somber. The uh, the uh, the event was a little somber because at the time. Uh, I went to the uh, the Rodney Reed rally, and uh, mm. at the time, it's pretty somber because we didn't know what was going to happen. But mm. since since going to that rally just uh, just yesterday, it's been announced, or maybe the day before yesterday, that they did get a stay of execution. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be executed. They're you know going to re re look into all of the um, the the evidence and things of that nature. Because yeah. I mean, it just sounded suspect to me. I only knew a little bit about the case and was like, all right, this shit doesn't sound right. It just sounds right. like some typical Texas bullshit. Right. Um, some typical, you know, southern racist cops mm-hmm. in fucking Bastrop, Texas. Um, <laughs> and being from Texas, I know how just how small Bastrop is. Right. And um, I've been pulled over out there and been terrified. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of that was enough to, I guess, go off of and, and form an opinion about. But then learning more about the case and how many holes are in it, how, you know, 
there's people who are saying there's no way he was even there at this time and all types of other shit. It just doesn't make sense that he could have even possibly committed the crime. And then there's also somebody else who is a cop who she was dating um, at the time who had a history of uh, abuse and had a history um, abusing specifically her. Mm. And it's just like, okay, well, why has he not been investigated into right. it? Because he's a cop. And, and so, what? you know, it just, that was enough. But then, you know, there's been more evidence that's come, come out. I don't know if you, um, I don't know if you uh, follow Amanda Seals at all, mm-hmm. um, but she brought to light some other information about the case. And, yeah. not, and not saying that he shouldn't have been given the state of execution, but specifically saying that um, while we know all this stuff that clearly says we should look into the evidence some more because there's enough to there's enough to say there's not a reason not it's not there's there's enough evidence to say that there could be reasonable doubt right and with murder that's what you have to prove you have to specifically prove that there is no reasonable doubt there has to be enough evidence to drive that reasonable doubt out of people's minds and there's enough evidence to put it in people's minds so with that alone you should reinvestigate the case but from what i've seen that she was bringing up is that there's also evidence and, and things in Rodney's past that haven't been promoted, obviously, by the the uh, Reed Justice Initiative um, and, and, you know, other, you know, Sean King and mm. all these publications that, you know, obviously and these celebrities from Kim Kardashian to Beyonce that are behind Rodney Reed, as I think they should be just because, again, there's mm. enough holes poked that we should at least look at this evidence again. Right, right. But there also has been evidence or, you know, things that people haven't brought to light as far as his past and his um, you know, um, history with women and, and, and violence and things like that, yeah. that, you know, he has record and things of this nature. And it's just like, nobody's talking about that. That should also be looked into as well. Mm-hmm. And I get why she's kind of being killed. Um, but at the same time, I also think that that's just the justice system as we have it flawed and all is that you should look into everything. Right. What has happened is what should have happened because he should receive a stay of execution because we should retry this case. It's old as shit. The people who are new eyes looking at it, mm-hmm. there will be new people who will be on the jury because he right. did not get a jury of his peers in the first case, which a lot of black men, especially in Bastrop, right. especially in the South and Texas and little towns, don't get. Mm-hmm. That, you know, he will hopefully be afforded a more enlightened jury this time. Right. Um, but I don't know, just kind of like your thoughts on the case. I, I don't know how much you know about it. Um, just kind of, have you been following it at all? I have been following it a little bit, um, but the whole Amanda Seals thing that, you know, she basically came out with, you know, some information that she did her research, even though her research was a little um, inaccurate in some parts, um, I understand where she was coming from. Like, she's basically just saying, you know, we hop on these bandwagons of like, what's popular what's trending and you know it hits certain triggers be it a negative or positive cause right absolutely and so automatically it's like people of color we're already on the whole justice for blank right you know like we're already on that bandwagon so it's easy to be like oh this is just another black man they're just trying to kill this is just another you know just another guy being railroaded by the system yeah like and we want to fall into that like narrative um we want to fall into that like because we're used to this shit like we're used to it so i get what she's coming from as, as far as like just like doing your full research and like yeah, nobody even knew that this dude had other situations, you know what I mean? And ha- 
had we known that, would we have hopped on the bandwagon? Or, or would we have at least been incited to do more research before right, right. You know, still supporting? I will say, though, I do, <clears throat> I do think that he's innocent. Um, and you I don't know. know if he's innocent. Because I don't even play that game because I'll just be like, if you wasn't there, there ain't no way to ever Right, you don't know. You're not going to know. As somebody who went to school growing up thinking I wanted to be a lawyer, and Mm -hmm. then as I got older, I was just like, I don't want to be any part of that system. It's broken as fuck. And I just don't think we can fix it from the inside. I I think it needs to be done away with. Right. And just a whole new idea schemed up. Mm -hmm. Because this shit, as we know it, does not work at all. Period. So once I like got older and was less, it's like, you know, I poet growing up and reading fucking Langston Hughes and Angela Davis and my mom taking me to see fucking Maya Angelou when I was nine and ten mm-hmm. and shit. It's just like I grew up with the whole like I'm trying to change the world and then right. I got found poetry and was just like there are a whole other ways to do that that I feel like are more truthful mm-hmm. and just I don't know if I can say more effective but just feel more true to who I am. Right, right. And so that but just as somebody who went to school and like actually studied law to a certain extent mm-hmm. it's just I don't play with truth or innocence it's just mm-hmm. it's about what you can prove right and that shit just there again are enough holes to be like yeah if, don't if, that, it don't, if, if it don't add up all the way the way mm-hmm. our legal system is set up right now is you cannot convict somebody for murder right. if there is not a way to prove that there is no reasonable doubt right and right now there is mad reasonable doubt yeah and so that's enough to say if we don't know, you can't put a nigga in jail exactly. just because they seem like the person who most likely did it. Right. That, nah, that ain't how it works. You gotta yeah. be able to prove they did it. Well, that is how it works because that's what they do. <laughs> yeah, facts. Yeah, yeah, facts. In in theory. Right, in theory, right. that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, but I mean, I get where she's coming from. I love Amanda Seals at the end of the day, but, you know. Yeah, I... I I am not the type of person who needs to agree with everything somebody says right. in order to appreciate them. Right, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm a huge Joe Budden fan. That right, nigga right. drives me crazy with half the shit he says on his podcast. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, nigga, what? Right, right. Especially when it pertains to women. Like, he yeah. always talking about women being hurt, and I'm like, bro, that bitch that lied on you and said you beat her when you didn't, mm-hmm. that bitch hurt you, nigga. Right. You are, you have a wound, nigga. Mm-hmm. You do not trust hoes, and you will only fuck with girls that you can essentially yeah. control. Gaslight. Is that gaslighting? I don't know. I'm about to say, is that the same? I think that's just like... We don't know. Yeah, I think, that, what I, is, what is I think that's just like being a, uh, like a womanizer, I guess. I don't, I, don't know if that's, I don't know if he gets to do the gaslighting for that. Oh, poor Joe Biden. Yeah, poor Joe Biden. I heard, I heard since fucking Kevin Durant, that nigga just got a $200 million contract and got a season off to just chill. So <laughs> like, that's that's got to be rough. Um, wow. But, uh, but uh, last topic. So... Instagram removing numbers, yeah mm. or nay? Fucking with it or not fucking with it? <laughs> I'm fucking with it, actually. Fucking with it? Why so? Yeah, I'm fucking with it. I'll, I'll say <laughs> whether I am or I'm not, but I'm also very curious. Okay, I'm fucking with it because it's like, so if I'm not mistaken, Instagram is going to remove the likes for other people to see. Mm-hmm. It's not going to remove, like, for example, you can look at show likes and right. see all the people that like them or how many likes that you have, but... I can't look at that picture right. and see. You know what I mean? So think about that perspective. Like, Which is just going to make niggas screenshot the shit that they can't see and post it. Probably. But it's like, <laughs> why are y'all so pressed? Why are we so pressed as a people t- for other people to see like how many likes we got on some right. shit? Like you what know we're what working mean? on. It's almost like a, 
like it's really a fucked up way of like controlling like your self worth or like For sure. kind of like and wanting other niggas to see like and yeah, that's the like, trope you know they're playing I mean? it behind they're like right. oh it's not good for people we're trying to find a way to like not tap into people's like insecurities and right. who's more popular and blah 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 but at the same time I also think it's a way for them to try to like if I go to your page and you got uh-huh. a bunch of likes uh-huh. I can see all these things you've done yeah. and I fuck with it I can just hit you directly on Instagram and say hey I want to work with you but right. if I can't see all that data kind uh-huh. of at a glance, uh-huh. it might make me less inclined to try to do all the work it might take to get in contact with you and figure out what those mm-hmm. analytics are. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to go through Instagram. Okay, so you're saying so from now, like a business perspective. They want like, they want okay. people to go through them instead of being able to go straight to the source. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because I just, big business, I'm just like, I don't believe you give a shit about any of our mental states. Yeah. Like, you might say that, and that's a great way to frame it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, all y'all care about is creating more traffic and creating more money. Absolutely. That's what any business is about. Very true. That's just capitalism. That's how it works. Yeah. Not knocking it, but just don't lie to me. And, you know, don't piss on me and call it rain. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree to an extent that I definitely, like, I feel that. Because I also think this is, like, the weird reverse effect I think it's going to have. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to see their numbers go up. Oh, because... Because of not... less pressure of, like, the Jones effect of, uh-huh. like, me liking something just because it's already got a bunch of likes. Yeah, like, it's something yeah, yeah. I fuck with anyway. Uh-huh. But like, oh, that's nothing to be like double tap something that everybody complex posted a picture that everybody fucks with. Right, I like right. it too. Especially how when you can see like your your close friends, friends. like that. Yeah, like, like that. You're like, like oh, they're not dumb. That's like, like that's an influencer thing they did for yeah, sure. They're yeah. not dumb. They're like, okay, the people I follow follow this. Uh-huh. Let me take a look at it, even if you don't already yeah. follow it. It's just like a picture you see that somebody liked or. Right. It's on a big outlet that gets reposted or gets on the explore page, and you click on it just cause, and you're like, oh, this person I fuck with. But what is this? Because this person I fuck with fucks with it. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like, inversely, if you like follow analytics now, like looking at, I'm the type of person who does because it's a thing. Like you put this on like uh, resumes and stuff at this point. (laughs) You know, it's Mm -hmm. 2019. Yeah. So if I go to my page and I look at pictures I posted, and you go to the analytical part. You can see mm-hmm. like the traffic that your pictures right. have generated. Yeah. So you look at a picture that's got traffic. It's like three hundred and forty-six, mm-hmm. and it's like forty-one likes, and it's like, yeah, yeah. So why didn't you like it? Right, right, right. So I think it, it might have this inverse effect because I am a huge believer that people are fucking sheep. A person is smart. Mm-hmm. People are fucking stupid. It's why I don't fuck with cancel culture. Like mm-hmm. a person will see somebody like in a burning building and try to run in and help them because they're just using their own brain and their own morals. Mm-hmm. A per- a person in a crowd of people will walk by somebody getting raped at a fucking festival and like not do anything because they're in a, around a bunch of people and they don't want to be the person to make the move. Mm. Somebody will jump in to help somebody in a fight mm-hmm. to the detriment of themselves being like, damn, I see this girl getting abducted by two dudes. I'm probably gonna get my ass beat, but yeah. I know it's wrong. And I don't see anybody else around, so let me go help. Right. But if it's in a that same situation happens in Times Square in New York, motherfuckers will, might walk past it. Yeah. It's like how shit happens to people, these huge crowded things. And like, what do you mean she got da at this big party? Because right. nobody wanted to be the person to be like, yo, that person's doing something fucked up. Yeah. But if it just been them, they'd be like, bro, what are you doing? Because people are fucking sheep and they're idiots. Yeah. So I'm like, if you take away the idea of them <laughs> thinking like, oh, this picture's cool, so I'm like, it's good to school. Mm-hmm. Or... I don't want to, like, I know people who are legit stingy with their likes. They're like, mm-hmm. I'll look at this up, I just don't want to like it. I'm like, why? They don't personally know me liking my pictures. Why do you give a yeah. fuck? You like it, right? It's called right. a like, and you like it. Double tap the fucking picture. You uh, weirdo, what the hell? And I know people that will, like, post something, and then if 
they shit don't get enough light to they take the shit take down. It down. I'm like, what the what the f- you wanted to post it. You so liked it. I I've, I've done that but for but not for that reason. I've done that recently because like in and when I say recently, I mean like years ago, but like within a year or two. Um, because if you do like research on like it's algorithms, right? Instagram is yes. not real anymore. Okay. So it's that algorithm. I'll post a picture and be like, man, I just really like that picture I took. I'm going to post mm-hmm. it. And I just posted it because I wanted to post it because that's what the fuck you're supposed to do with Instagram. Right. But if you're thinking about it from a business standpoint or marketing or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're thinking about analytics, you know that there are certain times of day where traction is yes. higher. So you're like, yes. damn, that picture is dope. And I posted it and it only got 10 likes. Yeah. I know if I post it tomorrow yeah, at yeah. 7, it's going to get 40 likes just okay. because more okay, people are looking Okay, I understand that. I understand that. But at the same time, it does play into the same thing. It's why do you give a fuck? Right. So it's, it's the same thing, but yeah. it's it's interesting. So yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll see how that goes. Mm. I'm very curious after watching another episode of Abstract, the mm. creator, a creative director of mm. Instagram right now, like the guy who gave Instagram its whole new look. Mm-hmm. Very subtle things where if you watch the episode of Abstract, um, I can't remember his name. He's a black dude though, and I thought that was super dope. That like this black dude is essentially the. He's a creative director for Instagram, but he's a creative director for an app, so he's also mm-hmm. a nerd. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the coolest possible way. Okay. Like, like I think it's dope. Like, just you existing in a space where I know there's probably not a whole, people, a whole lot of people that look like you, yeah. and you're the boss. Yeah. Like, the guy who originally created Instagram and the Instagram logo, you're going to him telling him, all right, we're about to revamp it and everything, and I'm changing all this shit. Mm-hmm. And he's just letting you do it, like, entrusting right. you to do it. It's a really cool, another cool episode of Abstract. Um hmm. And um, I was watching that, and I was laughing at you know how subtle, how much he put all these, how much thought he put into all these changes that seem subtle, mm-hmm. like the idea that the old Instagram looking at pictures and how much bigger your follower count used yeah. to be. Like it used to be this huge number that was at the top, mm-hmm. and like your picture was smaller, and all this stuff didn't used to be over here, it used to be over here, and it was mm-hmm. just like he was like, we just started playing less upon, like I guess more so would be if you go to somebody else's page, like started playing less upon how big the number was that used to be right here in the middle of how mm-hmm. many followers you had and like trying to make you focus on other aspects. And now it's like kind of, I mean, that episode this season of abstract just came out maybe a few months ago, mm-hmm. which means they probably shot it at least a year. You know what I'm saying? Six yeah. months to a year ago, three months to a year ago, yeah. depending on like availability of people and shit. Mm-hmm. So it was big buzz that they changed the logo. He said, you know, mm-hmm. at the time, everybody had flattened out their apps, like made them look dull and flat like this. Remember how they used to be kind yeah, of cartoony yeah. and bubbly yeah. looking? Yeah. And he's like, Instagram hadn't done that yet. Okay. So we flattened out the app. And then we went through a million different versions of like having people close their eyes and draw the Instagram app logo from memory to mm. see what parts stuck out the most and be like, okay, so those are the parts we need to keep because yeah. that's what makes it familiar. Right. And like changing it from the old logo with the brown and how it looked mm-hmm. like a picture with the lens. He's like, all people remembered was the kind of camera right. look of it, lens yeah, of it. Yeah, and he's I like, and then that. we just went through a million different versions of it. Mm-hmm. And how I remember when Instagram changed everything, the first thing was the logo. I remember reading shit online, on blogs, and just how they were killing them. Mm-hmm. They were like, this app is stupid looking now. Why is it so yeah. colorful? Right. Like, this is the new logo y'all came up with. We could have done this on fucking Web 95. Like, what the fuck is this? It's just gradient colors. Like, you right. didn't really change anything. It's super mm-hmm. basic. Like, what? And then Instagram, within the next year, like, added another billion followers. Yeah. Like, another billion users. Mm-hmm. And, like, became a more global brand. And how he changing that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. And so it's dope. interesting to see, like, watching his process of how much they thought about let's make the followers smaller let's yeah. not make them the focus is now 
today, like I said, that had to be shot then. Now they're talking about, and I think he still is the same creative director. Mm-hmm. Now they're talking about, um, you know, taking the numbers away right, altogether. Exactly. So I, I wonder what went into all that process, mm-hmm. and how is it going to be received? You know, right? Is it going to be kind of like when they reveal the new logo and people are like, "Oh, Instagram's about mm-hmm. to be dead." Mm-hmm. I can't believe they did that. And then people always threaten to get off of Instagram. Well, I'm gonna leave Instagram. I mean, I think I think people should for a second. That was one thing that Joe <laughs> Button brought up in the in the. And on the podcast, he was just mm-hmm. like, yo, if they if they do that, he was like, you have to... Joe Budden's one thing, I, the, the, his saving grace to me is he is 100% about the creator. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, they don't fucking get it, we make them. Right. So what if we all just did stop using Instagram for like a week? Right. Fuck them, give us our numbers back, allow this is a him only thinking of, you know, allow them to be able to see our analytics and hit us. Don't right. fucking make them go through you to be like, hey, what are the numbers on this person? We mm-hmm. want to work with them. Uh, right. You know, do they get a lot of traction? Yeah. You know, like, so I, I heard him on that, and I was like, man, that does sound like some big business shit. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt Instagram gives a shit about my mental health. Yeah. Because I do get it. I mean, I've, I've definitely wanted to take breaks from Instagram because I'm just like, bro, this shit can't possibly be good for my mental to give a fuck about this. Right. But it, it's a tool. It's I don't know. It's weird. Social media is weird. It is. It's just like a thing I feel like we're just still barely scratching the surface of how to navigate in a healthy way right um all right so last and final segment of the podcast and this is the only segment i have when i have interviewees and as i say on the podcast when it's just me i don't interview just everybody because i don't like everybody (laughs) so i don't give a fuck most of the time you just have to listen to me today y'all got blessed and you get to listen to somebody else on this podcast um but um, while they're here i like to just kind of get a a overview of kind of what you do and, and you know your uh, creative discipline things like that because that's you know at this podcast it's really the only people we talk to um, you know trying to uh, figure out how people got into the things they got into things they've learned you know how you put passions to practice all that kind of good stuff <coughs> and uh, you know kind of already talked about it but uh, kind of elaborate a little more on your uh, creative discipline and what it is that you do okay uh, so what it is that I do Um, I started off as an indie filmmaker here in Austin, Texas. I was doing little cute projects here and there. Um, I moved to Atlanta. Um, I got an internship with the music uh, record label. (coughs) That was pretty cool because I got to meet all the music execs and stuff in Atlanta and then from there all the film execs and I started working with like film production companies and then slowly but surely worked my way up into um, indie projects, um, short films, music videos, and then into TV and film. Mm. Um, so the other question was my creative discipline. Hmm. Is it directing, right? Well, yeah. So I do a little bit of everything. Um, as far as like the indie side, I do producing, directing, um, writing. I do it all um, behind the camera. I was like, do you act? <laughs> There's everything what? you do is behind the camera. I, I can act a little bit. I've mm. done it, but I would definitely rather stay behind the camera. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely one of those weirdos who is just as comfortable in front of a camera as I am behind one. Mm, that's although, dope, though. Yeah, although we... Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I did, like I said, we've had the conversation that I feel like I would like to direct, but just... I think the idea of knowing 
that if you get to a certain level that you can direct and that just be it, I'd be like, I would do that. Mm-hmm. Cause just yeah, we've talked about this me editing film. I'm just like that shit was just like watching fucking paint dry. I right. cannot do it. It's just <laughs> it's just not as exciting to me. It's, it's, there's no like there's no like there's, the satisfaction takes much longer mm-hmm. than like editing a photo. I'm just like yeah. that's how I wanted it to be. Done yeah, with, done with this photo. On to the next. Right. It's exactly. like Jesus Christ, bro. Oh my God. <laughs> like I'm weird because I want to be hands on with projects that I'm involved in, so I'm in rooms with things being edited sometimes, mm-hmm. and I'm just like God. Yeah. This yeah. is just me being here today. You do this when I leave too. Right. So Jesus Christ. Yeah. But um. But yeah. So that. it's interesting to always um. Meet somebody who's more comfortable behind the camera. Cause Absolutely. Just, my ass is a ham, so I was just like being on in front of cameras as well. <laughs> um, There's nothing wrong with that. You're Issa Rae. Man. Some people can do that. That's Not a lot of thing. people can like do that. That's a that's a real talent. Oh, appreciate that. It's yeah. Just, uh, it's, I don't know. It's just a thing. And the camera just became something I just more recently got behind. So mm-hmm. I guess that just became a more relatively recent thing I discovered. I guess I already knew I was comfortable in front of a camera because to me being in front of a camera is just like a much easier way of being on stage because mm-hmm. I've always been comfortable being on stage so it's the same type of like attention yeah. but it's just like delayed you can like chill in between it's just like I know somebody's gonna see this later which I'm cool with but there's like less pressure to me as opposed to like being from theater and mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know spoken word which is like they're watching me right now. Right, right. Like, exactly. I can see the people in the audience right yeah. now. The lights are hot. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel um, so I, what, what got you into to filmmaking? Oh, that's a good question. So my uncle, um, he used to, he had a camcorder back when I was like five, six years old. And it was like one of them big ass chunky ones that you put like the VCR tapes in. I remember those. <laughs> we had one of those in the house. So yeah, he used to make like little home videos and shit and pretend like he was a drug pin the drug lord that's and shit. hilarious and like would break down powder on the table as if it was like cocaine and shit. <laughs> like, little movies. yeah he would create movies in the house and shit so i learned like at a very young age about filmmaking right and, like, performance setting up a scene and shit and like <laughs> angles and all that shit and i i just started i got myself a, a camera um then i got another camera and yeah it just kind of like carried with me throughout the years and so then when I got to a point in like high school, college time frame, I was like, I could actually like do this for a living. Like I can really fucking do this, right. you know? And it took a lot of like, oh, you know, you gotta go to film school or maybe you don't have to go to film school. Or, right. like, you gotta learn from this point or you gotta, somebody gotta put you on. You right, know? that 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 yeah. back and forth is crazy. It is. With anything, with any creative endeavor, yeah. that back and forth is it's nuts so of like, bad. what should I do? And I think it like the worst part of it is not so much like there's a right or wrong answer either right. way. It's just like it in backing and forth thing, it just stops you from doing. Right. Exactly. It's just like either go to fucking film school or fucking buy a camera right. and watch that shit on YouTube and figure out how to work it. Yes. But do something. Absolutely. That's exactly what happened to me. So like I I realized I was in Austin this whole time and I was like, yo, it's fucking South by Southwest here. Like right. I'm not doing shit. For real, for real. I was like, I'm going to Black Hollywood. Right. Like I'm gonna fucking get on. Somebody's gonna put me on. And in my mind, I'm thinking like that's what I gotta do. I gotta right. go to Atlanta and somebody gotta. Oh, put that's everybody's thing. That was my second yeah. thing when I went to New York. Yeah, right? I was like, I'm I'm gonna get on. Somebody's gonna put me on. And I met all these execs and stuff and like, you know, started learning the business right. and I was like wait a minute I could put myself on right. like I don't need these people like this is good to have networks of course but um yeah I didn't go to film school I learned everything myself 
Um, I got like a film team and I fucking taught myself from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, and now I'm working as a TV producer. So mm-hmm. that's dope. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just fire. That's interesting. It's always, yeah, it's always interesting to hear people's like kind of similar but different kind of grapple with that and the idea of just like, it's like you said, just doing that shit and just kind of. Kind of jumping in feet first. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like you said, moved out to Atlanta. What do you feel like is, like, the most important thing you learned while you were out there? Mm. Um, don't date these niggas till you're 43. That nigga is a fool. I love her so much. <laughs> don't date these niggas till you're 43. <laughs> no. Um, really, the most important thing I learned in Atlanta was if you – want something go and get it because i tell you what like while you wanting something there's somebody that's a little bit more hungry than you oh that's a fact everything man and that's that's a city that you know you feel you feel that hunger like everybody's hungry out there everybody's everybody's trying to do something everybody's trying to do music everybody's trying to act everybody You know, everybody's trying to get on. Definitely like, got that vibe in New York. Yeah, so it's like you're in this, like, shark tank, right. you know, with everybody that's trying to, like, make their dream happen. So, um, you Conversely, that's kind of why I came back. Because mm. I was just like, I would kind of probably like to work with people that I probably deem to be a bit more genuine because I just know you. Right, right, exactly. There's Instead of trying to get put on mm-hmm. by somebody or work with somebody that I feel like has a certain amount of, like, either experience or mm-hmm. cloud or whatever. It's just like, nah, like right. any story that I actually hear of people I respect is just like, they just kind of worked with the people around them until that team all got on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it's, it's a crazy world. People are fucked up, especially in the industry. Gosh. People have motives and like all kind of stuff. So yes, yeah, it's, it's Everybody, everybody's gonna want something off of you. Like everybody's gonna have like some kind of motive. Um, so you gotta be careful with who you fucking with. But um, that's that's a whole nother conversation. Honestly, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, that's a relative conversation, probably in a lot of different facets. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so what are you currently working on? What right? am I currently in the ATX? On? temporarily yes okay so i'm actually currently working on two different projects right now one is actually still in atlanta um so i'm like back and forth between atlanta and austin um and then the other pro oh the project in atlanta that i'm working on is a web series the lgbt web series um really fucking excited about that Swear. yeah the um we got some really really dope um actors and actresses so mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about that. What's that should about? be. Uh, I I mean I can give a little bit away. Okay. So it's like it's about a queer community. It's kind of like the L word meets insecure meets mm, Atlanta. You okay. know. Um, I like all that. Yeah. So you know it's it's a really cool cast. Um, it's gonna be dope. It'll, it'll drop next year. Um, at the beginning of next year, and then I have another short film that I'm working on here in Austin. Um, and that's like from the ground up, so we're starting that production soon. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing Smart. right now. Just freelancing, just out here. Out know? here. Out here. I'm out just here, out Austin. here, you know. That's what's up. Well, out here on the Creative Ass Adults podcast, I 
appreciate you being here. Where can they find you? Any information or ads that you want people to follow you? <laughs> yes, follow me on the gram. Um, even though you won't be able to see <laughs> see my likes. You won't be able to see how many other people follow me. <laughs> you'll still be able to see my shit. Right, right. Which is no. the important part. Follow me on the gram at the breezy. B, oh, wait, wait, I guess I should start with the first letter, T-H-E-E-V-R-I-Z-Z-Y, and then that's basically, like, on any other platform. Yeah, Twitter. <coughs> that's really all I have is Instagram, Instagram Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, I don't really put nothing on Facebook. You have a YouTube Facebook. channel, right? I do have a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, I got some shit on there. Um, You should follow me on YouTube at uh, The Muse Click. Sorry. Yeah, so there's some content on there, too. Well, I appreciate you coming through, Miss Breezy. Thank you so much for having me. That's what's up, man. Appreciate y'all. It's been another episode of the Creative Ass Adults Podcast. Holla!